Ladies and gentlemen, it is with somber thoughts and hollowed hearts that we bring you Beef Sticks Podcast this week. Last week, due to technical difficulties, our episode never made it to air. Beef Sticks, episode 13, with our executive producer, Matt Gerke, is lost to the annals of time. Please join us in a moment of silence for the greatest episode of B-Sticks podcast ever that you will never hear. executive producer has been on i think he fucked up somewhere and he's the one that lost it for us he's not producing the producer can't produce you must cut him loose as johnny cochran would say (laughs) if he can't produce you must cut him loose yeah we apologize for that folks we did we recorded a whole episode and we it even went a little a little over our two hour mark it was so good it and was. We, we had great and we argued back and forth. And you know, yeah, oh yeah, there, yeah, that was probably our most argumentative one yet. It was really good. Actually, uh, Matthew, we couldn't get him to shut up. I know. You eventually had to and knock hey, him unconscious in the chair. Now, now we're never going to get to trademark and put on like 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 hats and pictures and bumper cards. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's his trade. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't even laugh that. that I, my favorite part was when he fell asleep with my dogs on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> At least he kept the bastards quiet. Oh, well, this should be a good podcast. I'm hoping we got a crap ton of news. We got a, a pay-per-view that I don't give a shit about coming up, but they're you coming know, every day. Every podcast we do should be pretty good. They should be. It should. What the fuck have we been doing? (laughs) We apologize, folks. We know it should be. No apologies. No, we put on great. We put on on quality programming that the folks want to hear. We bring it to our Patreon, and we put on all kinds of programming that nobody wants to hear. (laughs) Hey, but they could if they go and visit us at Cloud Style uh, Patreon. What is it? Patreon slash. Cloud, cloud style, style broadcasting. Just cloud style. Cloud style. Cloud style. Or if they want to be really nice, they could help sponsor us like 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 our great sponsor. Pasty. Yes. Monster Wear Clothing. Based out of uh Bram, Minnesota. They got all your needs for promotional deeds. T-shirts, decals, Custom hockey masks and so much more. They press albums, they get shit out real quick, their turnover is on point, and the price is so nice. So hit up Corey Matthews at Monster Wear Clothing. Tell him Pasty White sent you. He'll treat you real well. He is not affiliated with the boy who met World. No, no, he's not. So, because I wanted to make it kind of a surprise for you and everything, um, and, I, and, I, and I haven't told you what my craft beer is this week, um, 
let's get the beers out of the way right off the bat, especially since we're shilling products anyways. Uh, we're shilling a Patreon, we're shilling uh, a Monster, and we're shilling beer. So you tell me yours, and then, I, and then I'll let you know mine. I show you yours, you show me mine? Damn right. You show me mine. Show, show me mine. <laughs> I haven't seen it in so long. I, I was just going to say the same thing. My fat ass hasn't seen it. <laughs> just show me it. <laughs> uh, this week, rounding out the Sierra Nevada collection, I am drinking Sierra Nevada's German style IPA. It's good. It's uh, straight out of Matthew Gertie's mouth. It's good. <laughs> it's uh, the uh. furthest I would say from from your typical IPA. It almost tastes more like your kind of run of the line, like Coors or Budweiser. But well, hey, Germany's quite a ways away from India. Right, right. A German style India Pale Ale. Okay. So I went and got a craft beer that's not a local beer. It's a craft beer. It's actually beered in, uh, brewed in California. It's one I've been wanting to try for a long time and never have. Pacey, I don't think you've ever tried this one yet, and I know you want to. The, the people I have listening have no idea what you're Steve doing right Austin. now. <laughs> I have Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. You fucking the beer, I know. This beer was created by Stone Cold. He doesn't brew it, but the taste was was, was created by him. I don't know about that. I think I think the company just came to him and said, we want to put your name on this beer. And he's like, let's do it. It's possible. I wouldn't doubt it. So this is the Broken Skull IPA. A badass 6.7% India Pale Ale designed by Steve Austin for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hoops, hops, not hoops, hops, to deliver a big flavor with an easy finish. Now stop reading and start enjoying <laughs> this awesome beer, you some bitch. Cheers, Steve. So this is for all you wrestling fans. This is an, an actual Steve Weiser. See, my, my first uh, my first thought as to why Stone Cold didn't have very much to do with this beer, it's in a glass bottle. We all know Stone Cold cracks cans. I don't think he does in real life, though. One reason I think it is, it only comes in pints. You can't get this in a twelve ouncer, baby. They're only in pints. He wants to make sure you drink that shit and you get fucking twisted. How many pints did you get? Just the one? No, I bought a six pack, man. The shipping was about as much. You got one the mail heading towards me? You gonna pay that shipping? The shipping costs as much as the beer, man. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're just shipping one bottle, it's like... Not only not only is it glass, but then I gotta actually make a date with the FedEx guy because it has to have an adult signature because it's alcohol. So I literally, he left me his phone number, and I called him up, and we and we made a date. <laughs> uh, no, it's really good. Um, I, I ain't gonna lie, for the price you pay, you could get a you could get a much cheaper IPA that tastes as good. Freckle you're paying, Rooster. You're the same. 
Yeah, you're paying for the name. But that's all right. It is a really good IPA. As you know, we've drank a lot of IPAs in our time. And I would put this towards the top for sure. This is a really good one. It is. It's crisp. Oh, Please. Like, you like just said, don't want to get stunned. <laughs> three different kinds of hops in it, and you can taste the hops. They're really complimentary. And you can taste that it's a bit of a stronger IPA. With, uh, what is it? It's a 6.7, which is which is pretty solid for an IPA. <laughs> and that is brewed from the El Segundo Brewing Company, Main Street, El Segundo, California, 90245, or check them out at com. Hey, folks, I recommend it. It's worth the money just to say that you've drank uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA. I'm not going to go out and order another batch of it anytime soon. But if I had something special going on, and I consider this podcast special, it's worth the investment, I feel. But again, with the shipping, I would say buy at least a six-pack. I wouldn't buy just one. With with how, how much money you spent on the Broken Skull IPA, how much money would you pay to drink from Stone Cold's Broken Skull? I don't, well, I, what do you mean with the money I spent on that? How much money would I... Is the question just how much money would I spend? Yeah. <laughs> well, you just said with the money I spent well, on I mean, that. So you got to factor how much you just spent on That's a, a finite amount of money. <laughs> um, I, I, would, I would spend a lot of money to drink from his broken skull, but while he's still alive. I want to crack it open like... Shib- I want Shibata to come and crack it open. Like he did his own sense if he was still alive because then he'd want a cut of the cash. You know, crack it open like Shibata did, the big old headbutt. Um Oh yeah, we will have to talk about that that New Japan match also, even though you haven't got to see it. I will have to talk about that. But you can spoil it for me. There you go, folks. I think we got all our shills out of the way. We're shilled. Are we all shill here? Just let's shill everybody. Let's just shill. Shill out, y'all. Or like a Sam Roberts new T-shirt, which is Shill Sam Shill, like the old Kill Steen Kill shirt. My buddy Zero, he's a was a rapper from Minnesota. Now he's out in Ohio. He uh, he has a Kill Steve Kill shirt because he's a horrorcore rapper and his name is Steve. That's pretty sweet. That's cool. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. I like. There's so many rapper wrestler connections in the world something about rap and wrestling just goes together they're both you know? violent sometimes and that just mingles you know yeah nah. uh, no i don't know yeah nah. uh, so in hopes that we don't lose this episode like we lost unlucky number 13 well we're recording live this time so good uh, luck getting rid of it I'm gonna hop. We record live every time. What are you talking about, Pacey? I'm gonna hop right in. And it's, and it's 8 p.m. on Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. You're damn right it is. <laughs> 8 p.m. Um, I'm gonna hop into the news with the story that has gone everywhere. Everybody is talking about it and has me jealous for Jelly. Samantha Rotunda, who is Bray Wyatt's wife has filed for divorce this week. Details of Wyatt's divorce are still being revealed, but 
it seems that it is an ugly split with allegations of adultery, specifically with Raw ring announcer Jojo Offerman coming from Wyatt's estranged wife. If you folks don't know who Jojo is, she's the tiny African-American announcer with a huge butt. Um, I heard that, that Bray Wyatt ate her ass. It's really just Vince and Road Dog hiding under her skirt. Hey, I'll get under her skirt. I don't care. I'll hang out there all day. I'll be eating jelly out of her ass while she's out there singing the national anthem. So Wyatt, through his lawyers, has referred to these allegations as defamatory statements about the husband to several people in the community in an effort to ruin his reputation. I don't know what the term husband to several people in the community means. Is he married to a bunch of motherfuckers or what? He's a cult leader, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he could be. Uh... He has as many wives as he wants to. So I'm not sure about the wording of that, especially since it was through his lawyers. I don't get... I don't know if they're like trying to say he's like a figurehead for the community, so he's like a patriarch to the whole community or something. You know, I, I don't know. It just it, that's a weird fucking way to word it. The husband to several people in the community. <laughs> but whatever. Um, details of Wyatt's divorce are still being revealed, but all signs point to an ugly split. So, hey, you know what? I I don't know what Bray Wyatt's wife looks like, but man. You're going to at least try. Well, for how far you're gonna she at blew least off try. the handle, you got to assume her ass is really small, if not concave. It could be. It could be. It is probably not as convexed as JoJo's. But whose is? <laughs> um, so, you know, it's only a matter of time before all those uh, WWE start, stops putting out the Eater of World t-shirts and starts putting out the Eater of JoJo. <laughs> the eater of ass. With a jelly. Stop saying he's the eater of pins now, fucker. <laughs> I don't know that I will, because he hasn't proved me wrong yet. Well, now he's Vince's favorite wrestler after this, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're not really going to probably go over Raw or SmackDown, so I'm, I'm just going to bring up now. I'm just going to slip in tidbits here and there. I'm really sick of his fucking promos. The shit all sounds the same. It sounds ridiculous because because he never backs it up anytime. Right. right. I want them to get rid of him for like three fucking months, bring him back completely fucking redone. I don't care if they bring Husky Harris back at this point. I, think, I don't want to see this same fucking Bray Wyatt doing these same promos. I don't care. Honestly, I think with the, uh, the way they've been building an eventual Bray Wyatt-Samoa Joe feud, I say have Joe take him out. For upwards of a, of a year, and just have Bray come back better than ever before. You know, it'll be so far out of people's minds that they can kind of restart it, if you will. And I think his career will speak enough for itself in the long term because he's had a good build up. You know, you can't start out at the top, and if you do, you're gonna burn out a lot faster. Right, Ultimate Warrior. I think. Um, I don't know. I think all of Bray's failures is going to make his eventual rise all the more. And we know he's going to be the next Undertaker. I I don't know. I, I, I honestly thought, and I honestly hope, he ends up getting some sort of legacy. 
I kind of um, but he I have some worries at this point. for Bray, and my worries lie in one superstar in NXT, and I believe his name is Adrian Black. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's um, yeah, it's not. Is it Adrian? I don't think it's Adrian. It's Black though. Alistair Black. Alistair, Alistair Black. There we go. I knew it was an A name. One of those weird ones. Yeah, Alistair Black. He's building up insane amount of steam on NXT, and once he makes like his way to the main roster, I think he's gonna shoot way the fuck up there, just for the way he backflips off the ropes and sits down right away. And they're gonna overplay that gimmick hey, I- like Dean's through the ropes, spin around. And, and he's just and he's awesome. I he's really, really enjoy good. him. But he's gonna make Bray pretty fucking obsolete. Um, I didn't really. I didn't really know him from, um, cause he was, a uh, um, one of those United Kingdom, yeah. uh, wrestlers. And he actually came out during the, uh, United Kingdom tournament and like called out William Regal. He confronted William Regal, but they called him by his then name, Tommy End. And, and right there, he impressed me with, with what they did. Um, I don't, God, I want to say he wasn't in the tournament. I don't think he was. If he was, I, I don't know. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong there. But I've really been impressed with him. Really. I like him. I see good things for him. And you know what? If if he ends up taking Wyatt's spot, I'm not going to be happy Wyatt's not there, but I'm gonna, I'll be happy with who we have. Who knows? Yeah, it just makes me nervous for Bray because I feel like he can do Bray's gimmick better than Bray can. And, like, be a strong leader who keeps an iron fist on his followers instead of instead of letting them leave and then come back whenever they please, which just right. destroys the whole family. It does. And it makes for a horrible cult leader. Yeah. It, the worst part is, like, Bray gets weaker when they're around. Am I the only one who pictures Bray doing his upside-down crap? I block. Well, if I was, you're thinking of it now. <laughs> you know, Bray really doesn't do the upside down crab just, walk anymore either. He just kind of hangs upside down in the corner. He just did it. He did it to Randy Orton. Just like two weeks ago. Okay. Or just the other week. He stopped him in his tracks. I don't know how I missed that. Also, I don't know how that happens since one's on Raw and one's on SmackDown. Who was it that he did it to then? I thought it was Randy Orton, but maybe it was after their after their match. Which still hadn't been that long ago. But he should. He should save it for like the intense moments. He shouldn't do it all the time. Right. One of these times he'll injure himself. I couldn't wasn't do that. He just, wasn't he just in a... Wasn't he just in a multi-man tag not too long ago? I think that was what he did it in. I think everybody is in a multi-man tag all the time. Fuck. Yeah, they are. It's horrible. It's so bad. And that's it's really, it's pulling me away from the product. I am. I'm seriously thinking about uh, buying into New Japan's shindig. 
I know that I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait and see what all the reviews are of Raw and perhaps SmackDown going forward before I actually commit my time to them. I'm more than happy to just fucking watch reviews on YouTube and get my shit from there because it's not worth me wasting my time for this bullshit they've been putting out. And I and I I strongly feel that if you don't like what they're doing, you should let them know. And the best way to let them know is by not watching their shit, not participating in it, not doing it on social media, not fucking watching it on Hulu, not, you know, in, in any way, shape, or form possible. So, I'm getting depressed. So let's move on. JR is strongly pushing WWE officials to let him call Joe versus Lesnar. He posted on his website, jrsbarbecue.com, that he is going to adamantly fight for this. Um, is he stepping on some people's toes there, man? He, he's brought back to, to, to you know, to call the, the lesser match, or the lesser shows, if you will, like the UK tournament and, and other things. Now he's trying to take the spotlight away from Michael Cole and fucking uh, Booker T. What do you think of that? I think JR deserves it. And I think JR should be able to call what he wants to call. I don't think they should really take a spot away from somebody. Just, like, have him be an extra announcer. Just have him be the fifth man on the team? (laughs) Or, like, you know, everybody in WWE has to know multiple languages. So just send Michael Cole over to the Spanish announce table. He still gets to (laughs) talk. (laughs) Now, see... I'm of two minds of this because me as a fan would rather have JR calling it than probably any of the other ones up there right now. And me as a fan appreciates his legacy. But give me as to, somebody give it to looking JR at JR and, and Jerry the King Lawler. But but me looking at it from I, I don't want Jerry calling that. Yeah, the, the two of them. Just I'd say JR and Corey Graves. JR, Corey Graves. That would be my dream team for it, if you would. Um, but I, me looking at it from common sense, my says, is this any different than fucking, uh, than Booker T, than Booker, or not Booker T, <laughs> than uh, Brock Lesnar picking and choosing when he shows up on Raw and, and, and that pissing people off? Like, like, or John Cena picking and choosing, you know, what fucking pay-per-views and what opponents he wants? I mean... Is this is this more just backstage politics at, at at work? I mean, there's always backstage politics. Well, yeah, there is, but don't we always bitch about it. We still got to talk or, about uh, the the secret society within the WWE one of these weeks. Yes, because I know. it's becoming more and more prevalent all the time. You know, Jr. has got a good seat at that table. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I, I don't know. I think it, it's it's noteworthy. I like the fact that he's not he's not hiding it or not, like, doing it behind people's backs or nothing. He's just straight up saying, hey, I'm pushing for this shit because I want it. So that's cool. I give him credit for that. I don't know. See, the thing is, is WWE probably poorly worded it when they brought him back and said he could pick and choose his events. And then, you know, the man's in the middle of a crisis with his wife just passing away. So something switches. And so Fucking he takes it and runs with it, you know? Runs hard. 
Well, yeah, he's probably, I mean, I know him and his wife are really close, so he's probably got a bunch of time to fill now that he normally would have done spending it with his wife. He's got a bunch of time to fill, but also how much time does he have? You know what I mean? Let him, let him get on the things that he sees as important because his leg like isn't going to last another 20 years. You know what I mean? Uh, no, not another 20 years. I could see him going another decade easily. But, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but his his legacy is already solidified. Not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm playing I, don't know, I, don't see, I don't see fans getting mad I'm about playing. it at all because there's so many announcers. We're not emotionally invested in any of them. That is true. Maybe Corey Graves. But this whole, and I'm going to get of- up with my cell phone while we're talking is super <laughs> unprofessional, and you'd get fired from a job at a gas station for that. So... What the fuck? <laughs> well, I actually, if you just got a text saying the, the owner of the gas station, somebody had some bad news on them, and you actually left your post at the gas station to let him know what that was, you probably wouldn't get fired. He'd probably be like, oh, damn. Thanks, man. <laughs> like, if you got a text saying, dude, they're raiding your boss's house, and I know he grows plants, you know, and you, and you walked away from the till and went and told him that, he probably wouldn't fire you. <laughs> I am still curious about this though. They got an angle that I'm actually invested in. It's and it's Kurt. But yeah, you know what I mean by an angle. Yeah. They got a segment that I'm invested they got a story going I'm invested in and I like that. Makes me happy. They they do things right. They just do a lot of things wrong. I'm excited to see them fight and I'm really looking forward to what I'm assuming is going to be Triple H versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. That's, yeah, that's what's going around, is that's what's billed as his first opponent is going to be Triple H. And Kurt will probably get the, the cover of the new WWE game. But I'm cool with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm not excited for Kurt Angle versus Triple H, they but... They should make they Kurt do and work. JR share the cover... Of the new WWE game. <laughs> and like, airbrush, airbrush some good muscles on JR. <laughs> Just Photoshop his head with the cowboy hat on Brock Lesnar's body. Right. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Hey, if Kurt's on the cover of that, would Kurt be the you know, only you person? You change the uh, cock sword tattoo on Brock Lesnar's chest into a bottle of barbecue sauce pretty fucking easy. I'm sure it wouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> I'm gonna get right on that. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the uh, WWE 2K18 cover, and I'll post it on the Beef Sticks uh, Facebook page. I am going to be waiting with bated enthusiasm. You know what? Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll hold y'all hostage, and I'll post it on the Patreon for the people who really give a damn. Ooh, our lovers. So going from JR to TJ, anybody who's been paying attention to the product lately, I apologize to you. No. Anybody who's been paying attention to the product lately has noticed that TJ Perkins is now only being referred to as TJP. Now, he's been called TJP forever. That's just kind of a quick way of saying his name. But they are not saying TJ Perkins at all. They're just saying TJP. 
And we've seen names shortened in the past. We all know Neville was Adrian Neville. Um, the list goes on and on. For right now, that's the only one I'm thinking of. But, you know, WWE likes to shorten people's names all the damn time. But this one seems to have an odd reason behind it. According to Brian Alvarez, Vince McMahon himself made the change due to, and listen to this, folks, due to his hatred for the restaurant Perkins. Vince he, is slipping, man. He's he's going he thinks, senile, like hardcore right now. Yeah, Perkins, apparently he thinks... They served that, me cold coffee the last time I was in there. Well, did anybody ever listen to... um? Oh, who was it that was just talking about they uh, pitched an idea to Vince McMahon? Oh, shit. It wasn't Edge. Who was just... Somebody was just on an interview. God, I'm spacing off. They were on a, an interview talking about how they pitched an idea to, to Vince McMahon. Oh, it was, it was Jericho. Jericho was talking about how he pitched an idea to Vince McMahon, and he really liked the idea. I don't remember what it was at this point, but he really liked it. He thought it was good. But he said... He knew to wait until Vince wasn't hungry, because when Vince is hungry, he shits on everything. So he waited until Vince had gotten a steak and was halfway through the steak, and then he pitched him this idea, right? And, and according according to Jericho, he did this long pitch. He had it all set up. He was very enthusiastic. Da 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 da. He finished about the time Vince McMahon finished with his steak, and he said, "What do you think, Vince?" And according to Jericho, Vince looked at him and said, bad cow, because they had cooked his steak wrong. That was the only thing he said to him and then just kicked him out of the room. <laughs> so, like, he threw down an entire storyline because his steak wasn't cooked correctly. Why did he eat the whole steak if he didn't like it? Well, fucking hey, man, you paid for it. You might as well eat it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you're Vince fucking McMahon. You complain about it, you get another steak made, and you still eat the one sitting in front of you, too. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, hey, man, I don't know the details behind it. I just know that that's what Jericho said. He said, all he said to me was bad cow. So now they got the hashtag bad cow going around the internet, which is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, this is another thing where, 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 where Vince is just like, you know, they hear TJ Perkins, they're going to think of Perkins and go eat at Perkins, and I hate Perkins. What the fuck, so man? So change, change his name to TJ Denny's. Right? <laughs> fuck you, Perkins. <laughs> TJ IHOP. TJ, <laughs> TJ House of Pancakes. <laughs> TJ Hop, motherfucker. Dot, 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 dive. TJ Hop, dot, 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 dive. Fuck it. Now, I will say, just to be fair, that TJ Perkins has gone on Twitter debunking this, saying that he just asked to be referred to as TJP. But come on, man, we're beef sticks. We don't bullshit. I I think he's fucking, I think he's lying. I think he's covering for Vince. I don't want to be known by any name. I want to be known by three letters. Yeah, I just, I don't see I just don't see it. <laughs> I just I just don't see it. Why do you say the Jewish prince? TJP? <laughs> I don't know. Come up with something. What's TJP mean? Oh, if it's up, not... How about Filipino prince? Oh, you mean TJP, the Jew? I thought you were talking about 
like Prince changed his name to it. To, okay, I was I thought you were calling him like the Jewish like Prince, like the the musical icon Prince, and I'm like, dude, he's not Jewish, he's Filipino. <laughs> I see what you did there. You were doing an the, the actor jumping thing. Filipino. There you go. Vince would get behind that Filipino. name. There you go. I hop the jumping Filipino. <laughs> Cause he hops this motherfucker. <laughs> the seven, the seven letter special. <laughs> I fucking love it. Hey, this episode's already fucking getting better than lucky number thirteen. Fuck it. I hop TJP. I'm going to start that hashtag. I hop TJP. <laughs> We're going to get that fucking circulating. Dude, <laughs> let's go to change.org and start a petition. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's really make a difference in the world. <laughs> let's, 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 let's do it where it matters. Let's, let's worry about what counts. It's not important about bitches that make their boyfriends kill themselves. It's not about cops that shoot fucking Mexicans in the car getting their wallet. It's about fucking TJ Perkins being called TJ Perkins or IHOP TJP. Nothing in between. <laughs> Let's make a difference, folks. Where's LeVar Burton, Burton when you need him? All right. I like that. That's good. That's good. So now on to some really bad news, if this is true. Um, last this, this current SmackDown that we currently watch, there was a uh, graphic stating that John Cena will return for the 4th of July SmackDown special, which is cool. We all expect it. It's American. He's the American boy, and he's going to beat Jinder in SummerSlam to take the title, and, and God bless America because he's Canadian and we don't like him. But, on the graphic, it didn't say John Cena returns to SmackDown. It said, free agent John Cena returns to SmackDown. Now, the talk backstage is that his free free agent status is a status that he will keep. And he will remain a free agent and float between Raw and SmackDown as he wishes. They're already, if this is true, if it is true, because it's not confirmed by WWE, if that's true, they're already fucking up the damn draft worse than they already have. Yeah, no, this is, the can't have a float is pointless. So, so, so Vince's bitch boy gets to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He'll yeah, bury Jay- everyone. Oh, I mean, Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Cena's new yeah, gimmick, I- the grave digger. The grave he comes digger. back He'll as the next Undertaker. He'll come out in the Undertaker's outfit, but he calls himself the Grave Digger. <laughs> I want to see him come out in the fucking uh, Grave Digger uh, monster truck driver's jumpsuit. There you go. That's more John Cena-esque, I suppose. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like this. Now, it, it may not be because if my recollection is correct, which it normally is not, I think Cena was already out filming his reality series, um, American Grit, when we had our last draft. So it is possible they're just considering him a free agent because he wasn't at the last draft. 
and because they already have plans for him to fight Mahal at SummerSlam, but they want him to go to Raw, so maybe this is their way of getting around that. Which they didn't have a problem with Bray and fucking um, Randy Orton being on opposite ones, or Y2J and and fucking uh, Owens being on opposite ones, so I don't know why this matters, but... I mean, there's, there's still a chance that isn't what it is, but that's what the talk is. The talk is that he's going to be able to be a floater. So I saw it, and my immediate thought went more for the hopeful, and that WWE is trying to play it so that people are guessing what's going to happen to boost ratings, but all that's going to happen is Cena's going to come back and say, Hi, SmackDown, happy 4th of July. I'm going to Raw to kick Miz's ass. And then that's the end of that. And then there's a lot more mixed tag teams between the, the four of them. And I throw up <laughs> a lot. But I think that's well, what's going to happen. I think he's if we're gonna, thinking positive, I let's think they're take just your, trying to keep people guessing for ratings. And well, the let's, let's take thing, your Because you know. I kind of like that. But let's if we're going to do it positive, which like you said, we don't want to see Ms. Maurice, Nikki, which Nikki's supposed to be returning pretty soon also. We don't want to see Ms. Maurice, Nikki, uh, uh, Ms. Cena, fucking Maurice, Nikki, Miz. like you said, we're, we're sick of that. So let's take your idea that he's not going to be a floater and he's going to come in and make an announcement of where he's going. If you want to make a positive impact, let's have him come in and say, hey, I'm a free agent. I can go where I want, but I'm staying here at SmackDown because I have to take back the world title from Jinder Mahal and I have to do it for America. And then that elevates Jinder because John Cena is making a, a point that he wants gender. Like, he's he's willing, he's like, I'm being here because I want to take out gender. Then that gives gender a little more legitimacy, which which he's, he's lacking right now. I can see it, but you already had that speech this year from AJ Styles, too. Like, in this draft, I'm not going anywhere. This is the house that AJ Styles built. But SmackDown needs that, because SmackDown's still considered the B brand. I, I don't think you could get enough of those from your big stars. Enough endorsement of wanting to be at SmackDown. That's no, I think so, too. That's, That's hard to argue. That's hard to argue, definitely. <laughs> I'm still surprised we haven't seen Vince back due to that. So, I mean, yeah, you are right there. I'll Besides give you that. Cena's on Raw, then Bray Wyatt can get some wins, because we know... Wyatt has the ability to beat Cena now. Dude, this motherfucker ate JoJo's ass with strawberry plus, jelly. He wants... He Triple won. H would he want won. to make Cena go to Raw so he can't break the record. Yeah, that is true. He'll that be is a true. one-time Universal Champion. But he, but, well, and then yeah, Triple but he's, H will be peeing on a picture of John Cena backstage. Like, yeah, bitch. But he's doing SummerSlam one way or the other. I mean, we're like 99% sure that. Gender, gender John Cena's happening at SummerSlam. So he's getting that world title victory. We already know. I mean, that's you almost know, a given. That would be stupid. I don't want but Cena we to know get it. I don't want Cena to get it against gender. But Fuck we know what's going to happen. Let him take it from, like, Kevin Owens. Oh, that won't happen for a while. But is, no, but is that the, is on SmackDown, that, yeah. Let him, let him take it from Owens. That would be a great way to wrap up that entire encompassing story of Owens' entire WWE career. That would be. I, I love it. But don't, I think Vince would see it more as, as a bigger record victory. from Jinder Mahal. That's a bitch move. Cena could be like, Cena should be like, I could beat you. No problem. But I'm going to go to Raw. 
That was a pretty good Cena impression. I did it. That was actually. I did an impression. That, I'm going to go to sounded just like him. Uh, that's better than Miz, dude. That's better than Miz. Loke, you got it. You got I can do a white I... guy impression, y'all. There you go. Oh, well, before we started recording, you and I touched on this a little bit. Dave Meltzer has since has has speculated on the Wrestling Observer radio show that the Raw segment with Corey Graves interviewing Bailey, which ended with those two hugging and coming, could be the beginning of a romantic angle between Graves and Bailey, and this could be how WWE kind of gets Bailey's character allows Bailey's character to move forward. Now that she has been taken out, taken out of the title picture. Um, you know, Corey Graves has been used much more in WWE TV lately with the storyline involving Kurt Angle, and then he got in the middle of Enzo and Cass. Uh, it could be interesting to see him used as part of a bigger angle since he's been stuck behind the commentary desk for so long, and we know he has such great charisma, and we know he can talk so well. And hey, Bailey is at this point, at the bottom of her fucking... She's she's hit her low. Yeah. I mean, she's at the fucking basement. She can't go anywhere lower. She's so she's the only jobber gonna, of the women's division. It's it's sad, but true. Uh, how do you feel about Graves Bailey? I think it's bad on Graves. Why would he do that to himself? At this point, I don't know. Bailey's kind of toxic, and I would want to stay away from that. Especially since I feel like Graves is going to make an in-ring comeback soon. I'd be surprised if he did. I think he's done. He could. You just you never know. But I don't know. Bailey's Bailey and Graves is Graves, and that's so opposite. It's they're the opposite to track sort of thing, though, aren't they? Bailey's not going to go extreme, though. We already know that. So what's the point in doing this? Unless Graves cheats on her with with Bliss or some shit. That could be good. It's just going to make Bailey look worse, but it would help <laughs> Bliss and it would help. But it could help Bailey to snap, too. I, um... But I don't I'm like on, that. I'm I don't on... like that. I don't think you should put married wrestlers where the public knows about your relationship into storyline rela- relationships. Because it's, it's too yes, easy to see through it all. <laughs> it's too easy to see through it all. Um, you know, I'm kind of disappointed because we had such good arguments last week. But I'm actually I'm going to agree with you on this one again. Also, I don't I don't think this is a positive for either one. Um, maybe for Bailey because as I said, Bailey can't go down any farther than she already has. She isn't. She can't sink any lower than she's already sunk. So it could possibly help her. But I also don't like. When commentators have a connection to the wrestlers that they are commentating on. Yeah, no. It just, it just adds an extra aspect of it. You know, Corey Graves has to always then defend her and this and that. And it's, uh, yeah. Um, I think it could help Bailey. I don't see it doing anything for Graves. And you know, there's unless a good you're gonna get into no- like uh, mixed, unless you're gonna get it like a mixed tag division, and then you throw like Ambrose and his wife into the mix, and Cena and his wife into the mix, fiance, because we know Lana, they're not gonna get married. 
get Lana and, and Rusev and it would be Jojo terrible. and Bray Wyatt. I would hope they would put it on its own show so I don't have to watch it. <laughs> right? Yeah, we don't want to see that. With the cruiserweights, just switch all those people out for the cruiserweights and bring the cruiserweights to the actual shows. And I could be okay with that. And then just get, shove them all off on an island and nuke it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm almost thinking that the UK is going to take over 205 Live. I'm pretty sure 205 Live isn't going to last through the end of the year. I just don't think it will. It's just getting such shit ratings. It shouldn't be live. Or, you know what I mean? It should be It should be done more like NXT. It should, it should just, I don't know. Don't, I don't you know. Don't, don't put it after you don't SmackDown. The, you don't need the cruiserweights to have their own show. Just let there be cruiserweights in both Raw and SmackDown and yeah. just let them fight. Just like there's women, just like there's men, just yeah. like there's United States, you know, mid cards and there's, and there's, there's main eventers and, and there can be cruiserweights also. It worked very well in WCW. No, you just cut out the crap that you don't need. Or you cut out matches that you don't need. I mean, you just... Raw already has... Yeah, no. has they should has make a matches. rule. They should make a rule where anytime we think of making a six, eight, or ten-man tag team match, <laughs> we just scrap Put it, it right there. This, none of these people are interacting tonight at all and, and yep. come up with something new. Because I am really sick of these hodgepodge matches. It just... It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Why does everybody have to be gunning for a championship? Whatever happened to side storylines that fucking mattered? I go back and I watch, um, like, the 90s um, WCW Nitro and, and WWF Raw. And what I miss is on a lot of those shows, your main event was two mid-carders going at it. You'd have the, you'd have the, the main event people, the people headlining the pay-per-view. You'd have them maybe in a backstage interview. Or you'd have them fucking go on commentary and talk for a little bit. Or you'd just have the announcers talk about it and sell it, and they wouldn't even be there that day. And then you'd have mid-carters uh, progressing their storylines and getting the main event, and, and then it meant something. When the Intercontinental title was on the line, it meant something. When the tag team titles were on the line, it meant something. Because you just seen the main event the fucking last Nitro, or you just seen the main event the last Raw. It's like... You can do that. You don't need all your biggest names to always main event your show. Yeah. Just make the stories matter. Yeah. You know, if you make, make the stories matter, matter, the people will buy the pay-per-views, they'll subscribe to the network, and they'll watch the shows. If they would have tried harder, they could have got the quote-unquote reality era correct. You know? It could oh, have yeah. just been an extension of the Attitude Era. A little bit more PG. But with the same kind of edge to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now we're in the new era. And I still don't know what the fuck this era is. <laughs> it's the it's the we don't know what the fuck's going on. So we're going to try everything rapid fire. And now we got great balls of fire coming up because of it. And well, I, really I just heard that they're going to make a winter slam pay-per-view. Two pay-per-views before Mania. Yeah, I know. That's the very next fucking thing on the damn uh, on the damn news, you jumper. 
It's called <laughs> intertwining, sir. It's an art form. So, there is a rumor going on about that. And it will probably be held before Royal Rumble. And, um, you know, it's better than Great Balls of Fire. That's all i got to say. My problem is Summer Slam's part of the Big Four and Winter Slam is not. Again, no. It doesn't make sense to do it at all. Especially not if it's going to be right before the Royal Rumble because the Royal Rumble yeah. is one of the Big Four. Right. Um, yeah, there's got to be. Who, like, who's coming up with these pay-per-view names? Is that's that's the question. That's a legitimate question. You know, great balls of fire. I honestly think they wanted Russo back really bad, and then they didn't get Russo back, and so now they're they're like trying to think like he would think, and they're failing hard they're... at it. <laughs> that's where the kind of stick out pole it. match came from. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. Winter Slam, you know, I just um. The thing is, is I don't, you I don't know Vince only wanted them. Russo back so he could have been at that table of three. Because he wants them <laughs> right? to kill each other. He, that's what he's wanting Michael the whole Hayes time. did nothing. <laughs> Michael Hayes had no point being there. Yeah, he was a placeholder because they couldn't get Russo. Yeah. But, yeah I, I, don't, them all to kill I don't necessarily dislike the name Winter Slam. It makes sense. It makes But you have but, to have the balls to replace a big four with it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, You know, honestly, what about Winter Slam with the Royal Rumble as a part of it? You know what I mean? Like the Royal Rumble match at Winter Slam. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, since Royal Rumble, since... It's classic, but it's dated. Yeah. And with, with everything being on the network and, and a small percentage a tiny percentage of their buy rates coming from pay-per-views. You don't need you don't need people going out buying Royal Rumble on pay-per-view because I'll admit if you're buying it on pay-per-view, you're going to be more likely to buy Royal Rumble than Winter Slam. Let's be honest. But pe- that's not how people are getting their pay-per-views anymore. They're getting them from the network and they're already subscribed to it. Mm. So yeah, I agree. If you called it Winter Slam and the Royal Rumble was in it, that would be all right. I also wouldn't mind maybe, um, I'm trying to think, what's the, well, yeah, they, they, they put all the, the, the big, the three of the big fours really close to each other, so you don't really have one towards the end of the year at all. They could get rid of Hell in a Cell and change that to Winter Slam, and you could maybe have a Hell in a Cell match in it, but I'm still not a fan of having a Hell in a Cell every year. I mean, that should be spaced yeah, off every few years for a big event. Like, it should come up in a feud where two people hate each other so much that they're like, let's have a Hell in a Cell. And then they yeah, so Hell in a Cell is normally, Hell in a Cell is normally in, in uh, October, I believe. I want to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in a Hell in a Cell one day. Not now, not soon, but one day. No, no, yeah, they, they, need, to get, they need to be kept away for a while, which they're still not doing. No, <laughs> I'm back together. I agree. Maybe Those two could have good of friends in real life, though. Like they refuse to not be together. You know what I mean? They travel together. Right. They're, you know, ah. right? Oh, speaking. I do of Kevin have to Owens. say though, before we move on, I do kind of think Winter Slam is a super cheap cop out name. But this has come from me being a purveyor of winter holiday themed shows. Uh, created Hollow Blaze, <laughs> which is by far a better name than Winter Slam. 
I think they. I don't think all that hollow plays. No. WWE prevents all of Blaze. They gotta, they gotta buy it from me. I'll sell it. I'll sell. It. <laughs> if the price is right, I will sell it because I can, I can just change the name of the show to Hella Blazed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, our good old friends at PW Insider are reporting that Braun Strowman is medically cleared, but. Folks, don't tune in on on Monday expecting to see Strowman. He is going to spend some time training, getting off the ring rust, getting back into ring shape, and the writers are going to work on something for him because they don't have nothing for him at this point. He hasn't been gone a month and a half. How far out of shape did he get? He's 750 pounds now, guys. He just (laughs) went into a deep depression and, and wouldn't stop eating the Herberts and Gerberts. Well, anytime you have like surgery and stuff, you want to, you want to work on it before you get, you know, you want to do, uh, what, what's the classic line? I'm not a wrestler folks. I never have, I did backyard shit, but I've never done it. But the wrestlers always say all the training in the world, all the practicing in the world doesn't mean shit until you actually get into that ring until you actually hit the run the ropes till you actually take the bumps on the mat. I mean, so even if he's well, I mean, you want him, you don't want him to walk out for the first time being in a ring in fucking three months and coming out and putting on a match. You want him to go down to the PC and, and get his shit together. Plus, if they don't got a story for him, there's enough fucking people cluttering the roster. We don't need him right now. Don't shoehorn him in with nothing to fucking do. They do that enough. Well, honestly, Roman Reigns isn't doing much right now. They could just continue right where they left off. But, I mean, if Braun Strowman's... If if Strowman's really coming back from an injury, then maybe they wouldn't want to put them together right away. So, let's talk about that. Because, again, we're not talking about Raw and SmackDown and crap. So, Roman Reigns is going to be on this Monday's Raw, and he's going to give a SummerSlam announcement. What are you thinking? Um... That he's challenging for the universal title regardless of who wins it at Great Balls of Fire. Right, that 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 was honestly my first thought is that he's going to be challenging for the title. That he's gonna show up at the Undertaker's house and finish putting him down. <laughs> That'd be too cool for Roman Reigns though, so we won't that won't happen. But I'm I'm kinda hoping maybe he isn't talking about the universal title and maybe you know, hey, this is coming the same week that Cena's uh, becoming a free agent, quote-unquote. Is he going to challenge Cena? I don't see that happening, but it's a possibility. It could be good. Um, it could be good, but I it, suppose, it, yeah, I want build-up. Want... Yeah, Reigns is running with the It's My Yard thing, and he hasn't come head-to-head with Cena about it yet. And Cena's going to be like, you got to prove yourself to get respect, son. That was a bad right. Well, Cena said it's my house. One, I had to give you guys a shitty. Why? <laughs> why did it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, Cena's thing is it's my house, and Roman's is my yard. So maybe Roman just wants in the house for a little bit. You know, it's summer. It gets hot out there. He wants a little bit of the central air. Some AC, please. This <laughs> no, black, this black bulletproof vest makes it very hot out here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they won't let me cut my hair or beard. Hey, I was just happy they finally let him fucking take those stupid contacts out. 
That was so stupid when he first came in and he had like fucking bright glowing blue eyes. The cocksucker's Samoan. We know what color his eyes are, you motherfuckers. He, but no, uh, he was supposed to be the pretty boy for the girl. to get over with the women, and it worked. Yep. And, I mean, and it worked fucking yeah. wonders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I legitimately had arguments with women about those not being his real eyes. <laughs> yes, they are. Like, what kind of fucking world do you live in, Samoans? You don't have that skin complexion and have those eyes. That's not a real thing. It doesn't happen. <coughs> yeah. Oh, well. Oh, fucking well. Um, so be- speaking of uh, people with uh, uh, initials for their names, we talked about TJP, IHOP TJP. On Edge and Christian's podcast, Tommy Dreamer was a guest, and he mentioned that PJ Black who some of you might know as Justin Gabriel in WWE, who could have went really far, and they dropped the ball on him. And especially now with the Cruiserweight division, he could really fucking just excel in 205 Live. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> he has several serious injuries, including a broken leg, broken hand, and the loss of a finger. Although nobody seems to know which finger it is yet. <laughs> After a base jumping incident in South Africa. Now, that's bad, but I don't feel sorry for the fucker. And here's why. This is the third major injury that he has gotten from base jumping, including including less than a year ago in October 2016 when he broke both ankles at the end of a base jump. And was on the shelf until just a few months ago when he was just cleared to get back into the fucking ring. There's got to be a time when you realize I'm not good at this. Right? <laughs> it's going to be the last thought he thinks before he dies. He's going to be like, I should stop doing this. Right? I should have known after my third time. It's going to be going through his head. He's like As a he's toddler. He's like a toddler with a fan. <laughs> That's gonna hurt you. <laughs> Remember what happened last time? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I do wish the guy a speedy recovery, and I hope it's nothing that permanently takes him out of the wrestling business. But I honestly, yeah, I just I don't feel sorry for the fucker. He needs to learn, especially when it affects your actual job, your actual career. Right. Stop fucking doing it. You know, stop it. If I was his employer. I probably would have let him go the second time it happened. <laughs> right? You know? Like, uh... No. <laughs> now the bastard lost a finger. <laughs> like... I want to know what happened where he only lost one finger. Like, if you're falling down a mountain, what happens where only one finger is... I mean, you might, maybe it just gets in a crack just right or something or lands maybe in a bush. Was, like, or... base jumping and cutting a promo at the same time and pointed at the guy he was doing the promo at just as the mountain grazed by and cut his finger off as he broke his body into pieces. Speaking about hand gestures, not wrestling related, folks. Uh, did you hear Gene Simmons is trying to trademark the fucking devil horns? You can't <laughs> hand <do> gestures. That? <laughs> no shit, you can't do that. If that's the case, doesn't Spider-Man win? 
<laughs> right? He's been around a lot longer. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Stupid Gene That's Simmons. That's awesome. That, but, I mean, he's a businessman. He's always been a businessman. He makes a ton of money, and it's just one more thing for him to try to make money off of. It's not going to work. Stan but, you Lee know. should just countersue. That's what he should do. <laughs> right? <laughs> you want to own this? I want to own this. Oh. You can't, um, you can't let people copyright hand signs unless you're going to let the Bloods and the Crips copyright hand signs. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, then where do you draw the line? Like, what about, like, uh, what about ALS, American Sign Language, or ASL, I should say, American Sign Language? Like, like, what, what, what happens there then, you know? Somebody, somebody's translating the president's speech on national cable, and Gene Simmons gets money every time they accidentally throw up the horns? I give I've him the horns! do that in sign language, to be completely honest. <laughs> well, you know, you do the, this is a, you know, the I love you, yeah. You know, you got that. I'm sure this is something. You know, hey, referees do it for two. And then, and then, in you know, all the time, referees do it for two. Like, part of this? The yeah, two, then you get the Turkish wolf. The two sweet. The Turkish wolf. From, yeah, you're the Turkish wolf, man. Who's going to copyright the Turkish wolf? The mafia? No, now it's got to be the Bullet Club. They, the Bullet Club should fight it out with the Mafia for the rights to it. There you go. And Gene Simmons. And Gene it's similar. Simmons. Right. Gene Simmons can sit on a throne like Shao Kahn at the end of Mortal Kombat watching. <laughs> and then he takes on the victor. Right? While the elite takes on the entire group of Kiss in full makeup. <laughs> Talk about an internet pay-per-view that got by son of a bitch. I'd pay for that. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Fuck episode thirteen. This is the best episode of Beef Sticks ever. <laughs> right? I just feel we're not fighting enough. But you know, hey, love love translates more than hate, anyways, doesn't it? We do have doesn't. a slight issue here, and that's there's a lot more news to come, and we're already an hour and two minutes into the show, and we have so much more for you guys. So much more. So let's so let's try to wrap up this news. We'll we'll we'll, we'll knock it down pretty quickly here. Um, one of one of your guys, we're gonna mention one of your guys, Pasty. Yeah. Download Download Festival 2017 at Donington Park in Derby, England, Donington. took a shocking turn early last Saturday morning when WWE United nuts. Uh, yeah, WWE United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne attacked fellow United Kingdom standout Mark Andrews, or Mandrews as you may know him, while he performed with his band Junior at the festival. Dunne, who was set to defend the championship against Andrews that night, blindsided the challenger during his band's set. However, the Bruiserweight could not celebrate for long because Mandrews refused to stay down and promptly gave Dunn and the live crowd a taste of his high-flying action. Now, in case you were wondering, Mandrews could not best the Bruiserweight that night, and he ended up losing, even after pulling out his flying penis. I tell you what, you're really good at this, and I haven't done this to you in a long time, so I expected to catch you off guard. 
Especially when I changed offices to orifices. I thought I was going to get you. Uh, <laughs> right, I put it in places, I'm, I'm too, where it would be contextually sound. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so what do you think of that? That's your boy, Pete Dunn, man. It's great. It's it's awesome, isn't it's it? It's that, living that, kayfabe. It's living kayfabe, and that's what you got to do. You don't he get enough people. Pete Dunn is a vicious motherfucker who, if he sees you as a remote threat, will beat your ass down before you know what is going on. And I love that about him. Don't love the acne, but I'll deal with it because he's a badass motherfucker. Right, right. I want to see, and, you know, steroids see do that. Like, yeah. Kevin Owens and Pete Dunn go on a rampage throughout the entire company. I want to see Kevin Owens versus Pete Dunn. Yeah, I want to see that too, but at the end of their rampage through the entire company. I'm talking right? tear through every division, including the women and 205 Live and NXT and the UK. Right. Everywhere. And then, and before before they before they break up, though, and, and what leads to their breakup has to be Dunn and Owens versus uh, Bate and Zayn in a tag match. Yep. Right there, man. It's writing itself. How come we can write this show so much better than the writers who are getting paid for it? I don't know. You know what? Uh, WWE officials listening to our podcast, we know you're out there. We know you're there. You can pay us like a quarter of the amount you offered Vince Russo to come back. And uh, we'll give you a good product. Right? All right, moving on. We got some. Uh, we got we got some love is in the air, man. You know, I said love translates so much better. Love is in the air. We got a couple things to talk about. One, Lucha Underground's Johnny Mundo, Mundo. real name, and some of you might know as Johnny Morrison from the WWE. Yes, indeed. And Taya, who is also known as Valkyrie, her real name is Kira Froster. Or Foster, that's not how you pronounce it. I like Froster better, because I see her like frosting a cake and shit. Anyways, they announced their engagement June 14th on social media. Both are Lucha Underground wrestlers, and we here at Beef Sticks hope the best for them. Yeah. Uh, and we hope that Morrison stays away from JoJo. Right. And, uh... And, uh... Yeah, and, uh... And uh, keep her away from Xavier Woods. Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> and uh, Taya Trinidad, perhaps best known to some of y'all as Rosita from TNA Impact Wrestling, made an appearance on NXT television last week after word of her signing with WWE. Trinidad appeared in a segment outside the arena with Andrade Cien Almas, slapping Almas when he again seemed unconcerned about another loss and only interested in going out to party, which, you know what, to me is not a problem. He shouldn't be bogged down by the negatives. He should accentuate the positives. You accentuate the positives, eliminate the negatives. How much much did he make to take that pin? I'd be happy. Right? So... At this time, she appears to be playing a woman from his past. Um, Rosita, or or Taya Trinidad, has been on WWE's radar for some time 
and has done some work at the Performance Center. She also has been cast as A.J. Lee in Dwayne Johnson's upcoming movie, Fighting With My Family, a former WWE Women's Champion, Paige. Now, this means that Trinidad and her real-life fiancé, A-double, the greatest man who ever lived, Austin Aries, are back in the same company. If you remember, or if you knew, or if I'm telling you for the first time, they did work together for a time at Impact Wrestling while they were dating, but before they were engaged. When asked about her, A-double said, she's extremely talented and beautiful, obviously. I don't have to tell anyone that. She's very driven, focused, talented, and a hell of a person. I'm excited for her. She's scratching the surface of a lot of amazing things she can do. Tell me they're going to bring her back as Paige. <laughs> there are reports that Paige is going to be or is cleared to come back. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Rosita playing Paige, even that though she's playing AJ Lee in the movie. <laughs> I don't know about a Mexican playing a pale English woman, but hey. Enough makeup can do it. I'll try anything once. Yeah, twice if you're lucky. That pale. He couldn't be that pale. They do a lot of traveling. Dude, he is that pale because look at them chops, dude. You don't fucking get that red just from somebody grabbing your arm lightly. That dude fucking just reds up every time someone touches him. He has to be that pale. There's no way he's that pale. I don't know, man. He's a bodybuilder. You see pictures of him outside doing things. I'm Pacey White, and I don't stay that pale. And I consider myself pretty (laughs) reclusive. Oh, so and we're gonna go on with the with the love topic. And this is my last of the lovey doveys. Mike and Maria Bennett are scheduled to be on the upcoming SmackDown Live. As we had mentioned before, they are skipping NXT altogether, or so is reported. We don't know because we haven't seen them yet, but sounds like they're skipping NXT altogether, and they will be on the upcoming SmackDown Live, and they could possibly make an appearance at Sunday's Money in the Bank. Well, think about this, Pasty. We are still missing a woman in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and... Maria Bennett, formerly Maria Kanellis, probably would have the most experience. I'm almost going to say definitely most experience out of all those women in that match. Yeah, I don't know what to think. Because once again, you're bringing in a couple and they're going to be playing a couple and put them on an island and nuke it. Yeah, but these two work so well together. They're like, they are awesome. They're like Miz and Maurice. If Maurice could actually wrestle. Yeah, and you can bet they're going to have a fucking angle with Miz and Maurice at the next shakeup if they go to SmackDown. You know what? They, they might, but that could almost even work. It'd be better than seeing a Nikki, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I won't know until I see it. And until then, I don't really care too much. I'm not the biggest Michael Bennett fan, but his time in Ring of Honor... His time of an impact wrestling, he was always either a lower main eventer or an upper mid carter. He plays that role well. When you look at the the sea of talented competitors in WWE right now, you have to assume that's what he's going to go into as like an upper mid carter to start out with. But Maria, I mean, 
fucking if Lana can jump right into the title scene and, and fucking right. and for the women's championship, Maria should definitely be right in there as, as a contender. I mean, she should just jump right into it. And she has so much personality, more so than the Miracle Mike Bennett. Maria is is a very, very uh, uh, vocal. I mean, she's great on the mic. She's very charismatic. She, I mean, she knows this. She knows this game. And uh, you got anything more to say on that? Otherwise, I'm going to move into probably the, maybe the biggest news uh, outside of Bray Wyatt fucking JoJo and eating her ass out with strawberry jelly. Um, undefeated boxing champion Floyd Money Mayweather, who if you're not a boxing fan but a wrestling fan may remember was uh, on a WrestleMania against the Big Show, literally Big broke show. his nose. Literally broke his nose. Like not a shoot. Broke his nose legitimately. He is going to partake in a modern-day dream match when he meets UFC light heavyweight title holder Conor McGregor inside the boxing ring. That match is scheduled for August 26th. I'm going to watch it live. It's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah, the and you world know, is, is excited for this. I think everybody's the, excited to see this. The money, the, I mean, the smart money is on, on Floyd Mayweather, obviously because he's a boxer, where Conor McGregor is a, a shoot fighter, and you can't take people... To, I mean, he's going to have to fight a different match. Right. But, when I, when, I, when I look at these two, I say Conor's probably tougher than Floyd. I think he can take more punishment. I think he might have the better cardio... I think he might have the better cardio. And uh, Money is more of a defensive kind of boxer, you know? He he defends a lot. He'll go a few rounds, and then he'll then he'll take the shot when it needs to be. Money's got to be quite but a bit shorter than Connor, too, right? Uh, I don't know about quite a bit. I know. I mean, obviously they they meet the weight limits, so he's so he's comparable. I don't know what his reach. I, I haven't looked at both of their reaches, but I do know. That I think Connor hits harder than Mayweather. He's a striker, so. man. I think so. So if, I mean, as long Mayweather, as, as, like, long as Connor can not get hit, I think he stands a strong chance of winning. I think so, and I think with with Mayweather being defensive, you know, it's going to be hard for Connor to get in there. But I think if Connor lands a pretty direct hit, I think he, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to get the advantage he needs to keep going. Um, I assume it goes many rounds, though. I don't see this one being a quick one and done. I think it goes many rounds. Um, I don't know. I'm excited as shit for it. And I don't watch a lot of boxing. But not only... we, You know what? We would have brought this up had it not been for the follow-up story. Because this is huge in any um, in any uh, contact sports venue. I mean, we're we're mostly pro wrestling. But, hey, this is UFC. This is box. This is huge. For, for sports, this is huge. For contact sports, this is huge. For fighting. But Showtime, which this is going to air on Showtime. Showtime's a place for boxing. Uh, recently confirmed that former SmackDown Live announcer Mauro Ranallo will serve as the play-by-play man for this super fight. So awesome. Get JR hey, on that, too. 
Morrow's doing very well for himself. I believe it was just two weeks ago that he got signed full-time as the main announcer for Bellator MMA. Um, he, he does Showtime boxing announcing. He's one of Showtime's main guys. So, you know what? WWE, you fucked up. JBL, you fucked up. Vince, you fucked up. You guys let the wrong fucker go. Should have axed JBL, kept Morrow. I'm, I'm going to say it. Tomorrow, though, you're doing good, man. Keep it up. I also have to throw <laughs> out there two things. Number one, had he, if he were still alive, this would be Tupac's birthday today. Rest in peace, Tupac Shakur. Not only the greatest rapper to ever live. I'm sorry, Pasty White, no offense. But he was also an amazing philosopher. And this world is better for having ever known him. He, he made very positive impacts to this world, even if it wasn't directly to you or to someone you know. Some way, some form, you felt the reverberations of his existence. I'm going to say that. But what I thought was neat was when Morrow sent out the tweet announcing that he had been called the announcer. Announcing the announcer. Yeah, okay. Um, I noticed his Twitter account... He had uh, he had changed his uh, his profile picture to a picture of Tupac in honor of Tupac's birthday. Um, so I found that really cool. I found that amusing. I'm a huge Tupac fan, as you can probably tell from from that. And so I went on social media and talked about it. And apparently, Morrow is actually a huge rap fan, which he does not seem like the hip hop sort of honky. I but see hey, Morrow and Braun Strowman rapping together that'd be awesome. <laughs> That would be cool. That'd be some cool shit. So I'm giving it up. Good good for Morrow. The man, we, we said it. We said it when all this went down. He wasn't going to be hurting. He was going to be successful no matter where it was at. So, I mean, I think he proved us all right. He doesn't need WWE, but WWE sure could use him. Oh, yeah. And I do got to say, this, this whole fight is really exciting. To me, though, this fight is very exciting because it gets Conor McGregor one step closer to doing something with the WWE eventually. And I know there's a lot of WWE wrestlers who want to get their hands on Connor on any level. Oh, shit, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of of a tie-over. It's kind of a tie-over. And I think think, uh, Floyd will be talking it up. I hope so. Connor would be stupid not to do it. Because, you know, they treat him well. They'd have to treat him well. He's like one of the top athletes in the world. Whenever celebrities or athletes come in, they win. They don't bring them in to lose. They win. It'll be good. So I think after this long rambling, I think that's our news, man. Oh, God, there was a lot of news this week. A lot of shit to talk about. A lot of news. A lot of shit to talk about. And now we got even more shit to talk about. We got shit to talk about shit talking. In this week's se- segment, <laughs> sorry, brought to you by Evan Williams Bourbon. The beef that is sticky. I suppose I should just kick it off here with this uh, audio clip, eh? 
Let's hear it. Because you're a gutless, dickless fucking coward. I'm surprised your wife will even fuck you with that microscopic dick of yours, you piece of shit. And if I were you, I would have goddamn DNA tests done on your kids because I refuse to believe that you could get hard enough to penetrate her, to shoot even a lick of fucking sperm into her to the point where you could have fucking children. So I have a feeling that those are probably the mailman's or maybe even the milkman's. And the beef is sticky here, my friends. Oh my God! What you just heard was Jim Cornette raving, ranting (laughs) rabidly about Vince Russo's penis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, truly, he spends a lot of time thinking about Vince Russo's penis, does he not? (laughs) Right, very much so. (laughs) Man, no this this week I've I've been watching this this internet. It's a car crash. It's a great. car crash. It's like it's like um, old white guys rap battling each other, basically, over over some shit. And like nobody's very specific about the the story. Everybody's wrong at some point. Right. But good God, it has been an entertaining week for me. This feud has been better than any feud on. Oh, I guess it's hard to say because you got Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho. But it's been at least as good as any feud on WWE TV. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, and you said we were going to talk about this. And I know the history of these two, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. I, I mean, obviously, I know the history of them. I know it goes back far. Actually, before you had said we were going to talk about this, I had watched Vince Russo's quote unquote apology. It's so good. But I did watch a lot of the most recent banter between the two. Um, for the main reason, I don't listen to Jim Cornette a lot. He he annoys me. Yeah. And Vince Russo, I, I like and I, and I respect his mind, but he normally says bro too much, and I really get annoyed with the bro, so I can't listen to him for a long time. Although a lot of the stuff I watched, he didn't bro a lot because he was upset. But I went through and watched a good handful, at least 10 different videos of these two guys shooting on each other in the last year, maybe year and a half. And, dude, I felt like... um. I felt like Michael Jackson at the beginning of Thriller when he's just sitting there fucking just laughing his ass off and eating that popcorn like, yeah, motherfucker, this shit's good. Yeah. Like it, it, like I said, it's like a car crash. You couldn't turn your eyes away from it. It's so horrible, but you can't help but slow down and gawk. It, it almost makes me question if like somewhere deep in the background they're both really good friends of each other and they just want to elevate each other's platforms that much. Like they're the Sammy Zayn Kevin Owens of podcast. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's tantalizing. It makes my spine tingle, and I can't wait to hear more. No, but I definitely I wanted to bring this to the table, not because I know an exuberant amount of it, but because I know you know more about it than I do, and I want to know like, what's what's it about? How long has this been going on, and will it ever end? Um, will it ever end? I'm going to say no. But then again, I said the same thing about uh, Brett and Vince, and that came to an end. Um, although, actually, after they made up, Brett's been very anti-WWE and Vince also, so maybe it hasn't <laughs> ended. So. Um, it, it's obviously, I, I mean, if, if you listen to reports, it's probably been, it's, it, it's at least been since the mid-90s, okay? 
because as I was talking to you before this, I know that I don't, I honestly, and I haven't put a lot of research into this, I don't think they ever worked at the same company for any real amount of time, nor had to interact professionally in their job descriptions. I do know that when Vince Russo was head writer at WWE with uh, Ed Ferreira and Vince McMahon, that Jim Cornette, uh, I, I don't know if he owned, but he definitely ran Ohio Valley Wrestling down south, down in Ohio, which at the time was their NXT. That was their, um, that was where people, they would send people, that's where, um, that's where John Cena came out of, that's where Randy Orton came out of, that's where Batista came out of. That was their little training grounds. That was their, um, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but that's what it was. That's where they went before they, they came to WWE TV. Uh, but then they got NXT and they didn't need it. it. Well, hey, there's a classic skit with um, when DX was taking on the uh, Spirit Squad. Um, there was a classic skit where DX actually put Spirit Squad in a crate and slapped a two OVW sticker on it and shipped them out there. So they would have both kind of had connections to WWE at the time, but I don't think they would have had any working relationship in any way, shape, or form. From there, Vince went to WCW. Vince Russo, that is, not McMahon. And in WCW, I'm pretty sure, I know Jim Cornette was was a big uh, player in WCW in the 80s through the early 90s, but I'm pretty sure he was out of there from by mid-90s. I think when Eric Bischoff came, took over, it was very shortly after uh, when Eric Bischoff took presidency of, of WCW that Cornette was out of there. So I don't think they worked together there at all. The next place Vince would have worked was in TNA, which Jim Cornette has worked in TNA, but I'm 99.9% sure Jim Cornette had been out of TNA for a long time when Vince Russo got a job there. So the, the professional hatred, I don't understand. Um, from all accounts, they haven't had any real personal interaction together either. So the personal hatred, I don't get. Now, they are both very polarizing figures in wrestling. They're both uh, very eccentric people. They're both very um, honest. Uh, maybe not honest, but say say it how it is. Let you know how they feel. Don't yeah, back down. They definitely down. get their perspective out there. Whether or not it's true or right, they both, they yep. both put it out there. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you where it came from him. I really, I really can't tell you where it came from. I know it's uh, apparently they've hated each other forever, but it's, it's gotten really hot in the last like three years, maybe two and a half. They've hated each other and forever. And I think, they have lived eternally. They, they are <laughs> God and Satan, which is which I think that, you uh, decide. The reason, I think the reason it's gotten so much bigger lately is just because, Social media and podcasts and streaming has gotten so much bigger, um, which goes into my main thought on it is that I I think I think they uh, uh, more uh, more on Jim Cornette than even Vince Russo, but I think they both just play it up more as a gimmick as a as a work and less as a shoot. 
I think it's part of their quote unquote character to hate each other. That's that's kind of the way it feels. Like I said, it's too good to be true. It's so it's so wonderful. Like and they made could you imagine if the two of these men work together to write and start their own like promotion? (laughs) Woo! Fuck, get Bischoff in on on it too. Make it a whole trifecta. As long as they're not killing each other. Um, <laughs> they're yeah. all in straight jackets with face guards, like Hannibal. <laughs> and right. we're spitting out ideas while stenographers quickly type it out. Yep. <laughs> and then he jumps in the ring, and he rips his head off, and he shoves it up his urethra. Russo, I'm talking to you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's um It's been crazy though. Russo saying that Cornette called and left a voicemail saying that he was gonna kill Russo and his wife and his daughters. Like, holy shit. Cornette came back though and said that he definitely has said he's gonna kill Vince Russo multiple times yeah. in the past. <laughs> but he never never brought up his wife and and uh and daughters and that Vince Russo after so the story as i'm getting it (laughs) is russo was hanging out at wwe and some of the wwe guys i'm not exactly quite certain on names you can put them in if you wish um said that they had russo's number and he's like oh yeah let me see your hold on hold on hold on i'm gonna rewind you okay you said Russo by accident, and you, you meant oh, Jim Cornette. Yeah, Just trying yeah. to straighten out for the, for the Thank audience. You. Thank you. Jim Cornette was hanging out with some guys. The guys, to be legitimate, were Bruce Pritchard, yep. who, now works, who now works for uh, Impact Wrestling, and Kevin Kelly, who was working for Ring of Honor uh, recently, but is not. Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Kelly, were hanging out. Jim Cornette, take it pasty. <laughs> It gets brought up that they have Vince Russo's number, and Cornette says, well, you know, I've wanted to talk to him for a long time. Give me your phone. So he calls, and Russo answers, and Cornette proceeds to tell him everything he's ever wanted to tell him until Russo Russo hangs up. So Cornette calls back, and he records the now infamous voicemail, in which Russo turns around and calls WWE creative or some of the heads oh all their human resources yeah, human department. resources department hr and that's that's a place a to go to <laughs> <laughs> like and and this is where it came from russo saying that Cornette threatened his wife and daughters Cornette claims it never happened russo said it to human resources at <laughs> world wrestling <laughs> entertainment this to me, kind of makes Russo look like a bitch, you know. Like this happened, I'm gonna whine to your boss. Yeah, if if that's true, I admit that that is a really low road, especially because Jim Cornette yeah, it had nothing actually to do with wasn't Jim, working. It wouldn't have, yeah, wouldn't have affected Jim Cornette in any way. He was trying to get Bruce Pritchard and uh, Kevin Kelly, Kevin Kelly, yeah, in trouble at corporate, and. I mean, if they're your friends and they have your phone number, you should be able to look past it. You know, it's a rib, you know? We gave we gave Cornette your least... phone number. 
But Cornette or doesn't have Russo's up. phone number. He never took down the phone number. It never got written onto a piece right. of paper. It was interactions from this one phone and then not again until now. Well, at very least, you get a hold of Bruce Pritchard, who, according to Jim Cornette, that's whose phone he used. You get a hold of Bruce Pritchard and you say, you cocksucker, don't you ever fucking let that dude call me on your phone again, you son of a bitch. Right. You, you, you call him. You get a I'm hold of your friend. You on you get a hold of your acquaintance yeah exactly <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna unfriend you but i'm at least gonna unfollow you i don't want to see your shit you know something like that i don't know what the fuck my dogs are barking at i don't hear it up but they're bothering WWE's me right he's coming after us man every week Could we be. go further down the rabbit hole and they're not, they're not happy with it dude kevin dunn is in my bushes Oh no! <sighs> Fat Mac went off to investigate this situation. Let's hope he returns, because I would hate for Kevin Dunn to come back with his head on a on a on a kendo stick on a pole. All right, I got an update. I don't think it was Kevin Dunn, but I think his teeth were definitely here. I seen something white, kind of white, kind of yellowish, uh, a pair of them running away. I think Kevin Dunn's teeth were spying on us. Uh, my dog's chasing away, though. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, you know what? This is, you know what? I, I don't even, I guess I don't care who's right or wrong. This is fucking entertainment gold between these two. Because I spent hours today just watching this shit. I'm probably so much dumber for it. <laughs> But you know what? I, I have a day off. My day off, my days off are so busy because not only do I spend my days that I work, working on cloud style shit, but my days off are almost always either uh, doctor appointments and or cloud style shit. And it needs to get done. It's not a bad thing. But I spent hours today just sitting back and watching these two grown men act like children in the elementary schoolyard. It's so good. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. It got annoying at times, but it's one of those things where you could get up, go to the bathroom, get up, make some food, get up, do this or that while it's playing. And if you miss a little bit, you didn't miss anything important because it's the ramblings of some old men. You know what sucks, though? It's Cornette's terms. He wants to meet Vince Russo. No cameras, no fans, no knives, no guns. I mean, we need all of that. We need all of that and then some. We need world media coverage. I want to see this go down. Give them hand grenades and Molotov cocktails. Give fucking tanks. Let's see them shoot it out with some fucking tanks. (laughs) Let's, let's, Let's just put them in a room together with WWE 2K17 and let them fight it out. You know, I mean, hey. Vince Russo, I thought, and whether he was honest or not, gave the best fucking possible scenario. At first, he said, come on my, at first, he said, let's talk. Let's fucking debate. Cornette said, fuck you. I'm not debating, which I don't blame him. Don't blame him. Then Russo said, hey, I'll go on your show and debate you on your show. Pop the ratings. And and then Cornette comes back with, I make plenty of money. I don't need you for my ratings. Okay, hold on, Cornette. You know that would be a huge fucking ratings popper. Oh, yeah. 
Now, that's fine. You don't want to do that on your show. But don't act like, because he made it act like it's it, it, When it comes show. to words, I don't think Cornette can stack up with Russo. Russo's oh, he, a writer. He, and Cornette is a, you know, he's a face. Well, well, you know what? And I, I'm going to take something Cornette said. And it's something I kind of thought also. When he admitted to Cornette Pete. does not, no. <laughs> Cornette does not come off as eloquent as Russo by no means. But Russo does always have something written down ahead of time to read off of. Now, if they were doing it off the cuff, would Vince be as eloquent? Uh, Cornette, who is a good promo guy, might actually come off better in a live debate because he's used to doing off the cuff shit where Vince is a writer, a very good writer, might I add, but he's used to having time to come up with stuff ahead of time and then reading it off. In, in a in a manner that he is already predisposed. That you know? also brings up a quandary that uh, Panda Red and myself had earlier today watching Vince Russo. Clearly, the computer monitor is glaring in his glasses. Why did he Correct. not take this promo that he wrote down and put it on the computer <laughs> screen so he didn't have to stare down in, in, into his notebook? I Actually, thought that was hilarious. Like, you're not I, using your office the right way. <laughs> I noticed that, and so I screen captured it, and I zoomed in, and he's actually watching the page porn at the time. <laughs> that, that, that's why. I seen, I seen Xavier Woods' ass in his glasses, so I knew what it was. So that's what that's about. He knows that ass anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. But but I digress. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, so then... down, down. Damn right. So Vince then said, hey, how about this? How about we go on a neutral podcast? Neutral podcast. You can pick it or somebody else can pick it or we can do whatever. I think it'd be great on the network if yeah, fucking no, Vince would sign Vince, off on it. McMahon can put it on the on network. It. He should have had at the table for three. He should have had Cornette <laughs> and, and Bischoff willing to sit down and then totally surprise them with Russo. <laughs> right. Tell them it's going to be PSAs. But then have Russo come in instead. Like, PSAs can sit there, and then Russo can, like, walk in and go. He can be, like, disguised as the guy who's going to serve dinner. <laughs> and then no. he can, like, be like, you, you need to leave now. Actually, that, that's better. Than oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to was gonna say I wanted Russo in a, a Hayes' pimp suit. But now that you said come in as, as the waiter, that's almost better. But I want to see Russo in that pimp suit also. Um <laughs> Or Dean um, Ambrose comes in disguised as the waiter and lifts the oh, top of the fuck. meal thing, and there's Russo curled up on the <laughs> and it's plate. Russo's head. There's a hole in the table, and it's Russo's head popping out with fucking lettuce and tomatoes garnishing. You couldn't do that with Cornette around. Russo would not make it out of the building alive if he was just a head with um, nothing to defend himself. I think so, Cornette would go to town, and it would be bad. So Vince said, we're going to go on a neutral podcast. And he said, any money made off it, right? Any money made off of it, whatever proceeds that podcast would have gotten for that that day. Oh, and this is where I take umbrage with fucking Cornette. And I will tell you in just a moment. But he said, let's do that. Let's do a neutral podcast. You and I get together. We fucking go at it. And all the proceeds will go to the Cauliflower Alley Club, which the Cauliflower Alley Club is a, if you folks don't know it, it's probably the most prestigious wrestling community in existence um it 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 it, it rides all on tradition and on the legends and it, it is definitely one of the most prestigious it's not the wwe hall of fame here folks this is a real legitimate 
they have a Hall of Fame, they have inductees and stuff. So, one thing I didn't like was Cornette got pissed because Russo called it the Cauliflower Alley Club. But I fucking call it Cauliflower because that's how it's fucking spelled. And he was making a big deal. He's like, he calls it Cauliflower, like like Lassie. It's not Cauli, it's Cauli. No, my dude, it's not Cauli either. <laughs> fucking Cauli is fucking the winds of the Cornet's, Cornet's scared here. Like, he could. He Which could I'm probably... okay. You can say, you can say cauliflower or cauliflower. They're both acceptable, Tomato, okay? Tomato. Let's that right. Yeah, but I say cauliflower, I so prefer, fuck you, Cornette. I prefer colafleur. <laughs> I prefer chloroform, but that's because it gets me more dates. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when I wear that chloroform fucking... Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm losing my fucking words here. Chloroform, when I wear that chloroform phone... I get so many women to fucking just lay down and fuck. It's like Sex Panther. 96% of the time, it works every time. It's a yes, shame you sir. don't like Will Ferrell or you'd know that quote, Fat Mac. Even though I, it's I not know Will the Ferrell quote. quote. I guess I, guess, I was going to say, I, I, I've heard the quote 99% of the time, it works 100% of the time. I didn't know it was from him, but I've, I've seen it in it's a thousand 96. different ways. 96. 99 is too oh. bullshit. 96% of See, the time, not- it works every Maybe he stole it from somebody. You don't know. I watched, uh, I watched, what is it called? Daddy's Home? That was okay. Yeah, Will Ferrell and uh, 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 Mark Marky Wahlberg. Mark. That was good. I liked that movie. At first, I was, was like, so this great. is going to be ridiculous. And then it was like, good, and then it was really bad, and then it was really good. And I don't know, I like it. And now they got the second one coming out. Uh, they always ruin the things with the second one. You, you know what? You got an okay actor like Marky Mark and an okay actor like Will Ferrell, and they made a good movie. Not great, but good. Just fucking leave it at that. Because they're the not going to do any better than that. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell work very good together. They were in The Other Guys alongside with uh, The Rock and... God, who the fuck was The Rock's partner? I don't know. But The Rock and his partner were super cops, and they ended up trying to catch criminals, but they were on the roof of a building, so they jumped off. In order to catch the criminals, because they're super cops, and they feel like they're super cops. So they jumped off the roof of a skyscraper to their death. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I've seen the movie existed. I've never wanted to watch it. The other guys, nah. You have to watch Step Brothers. I've been trying to push this on you since, like, we first met. Step Brothers. You have. Jam. You know what? You know what maybe I'll do? Maybe I'll do a Fantastic Fables fucking live to tape recording of me watching Step Brothers for the first time. <laughs> so you can get my reaction as I'm fucking watching it and know what the fuck's going through my head. You know, Maybe I, I'll be I base every single bromance I enter upon on the movie Step Brothers or on the movie I Love You, Man. I brace, I, I, I base every single bromance that I have on the movie Wild Things. Because I always feel like we're going to end up in a pool together making out sometime. You've tried plenty of times. I know, but you don't follow through, bitch. You don't, you don't get me drunk enough. I tell you to put on a two-piece bikini, and you refuse to wear a top. All I want is the bottoms. I like to let my girls fly. <laughs> well, at least shave your chest, motherfucker. No! 
I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> I, won't, I won't shave my chest. That's what Meatloaf was talking about. A lot of people don't know that. That's what Meatloaf was talking about. No. No, he wasn't. We talked about this on Stoned Out Sundays like two months ago, probably. I was already here, but Strata had already left. And we were talking, it was during our weird news segment. And he was talking about how he had heard on a podcast with Meatloaf that it was about his girlfriend wanting to fuck him in the ass with a strap-on dildo. And he would do anything. He's not opposed to butt stuff. He just doesn't want to be fucked in the ass by a woman with a dildo. And that's what the song boils down to. Fact. Brought to I'd you Stoned Out Sundays on B-Sticks Podcast. Cloud-style broadcasting. Solidarity. That's like when uh, Brian Adams was talking to a news reporter. And she talked to him about the Summer of 69 song. And she was like, is that autobiographical? Was that really the greatest summer? Like, did that really touch you? And he looked right at her and he said, you know it's a euphemism for a sex act, don't you? <laughs> right. The summer, gave six, the summer of stare. 69 happened in 84. <laughs> right? She just gave him a blank stare, and he just sat there quietly like, you dumb broad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beef Sticks cracks all the fucking song, song debates open. You got I fucking Pacey telling you about uh, uh, Meatloaf. We talked about, oh, man, that was probably on 13, wasn't it? I don't think we even got to talk about um, – they didn't hear us talking about Dave Coulier and Alanis Morissette's love oh, affair and, and the fucking Wood, Mr. Woodchuck and shit. <laughs> they missed out on all that. I had to research Mr. Woodchuck's name because we yeah, were sure did. it couldn't be something that stupid. <laughs> I thought it was Woody and it turned out being something more generic. This goes than to Woody. show, man. Episode 13. Lucky, unlucky number 13. It. It's fate. We're bound by fate, or it's Vince McMahon, or it's our fucking executive producer. All I know is it's not us, man. We're on point every time. Right. We got our shit together, folks. Somebody else is fucking up. It is a shame you guys um, never hear that episode. We, you know what? We, we might run a little long, and maybe we just let it fucking run a little long. I don't know. Um, what, do, Running a little what long. What do we want to do? We want to... Beef sticks. Do we want to, I know, I mean, I want to get into, I want to get into, uh, I, I don't want to save the, the predictions for money in the bank for the, for the post show for the Patreon, because I feel like we, I mean, we owe it to our listeners. The Patreon should get the bonus. I mean, this is something we should just let's, give them. Uh, no, let's just go over tonight. And then for the Patreon, we'll give them your transcription of your fight with Skype. We've been Ooh, that's that a good reserves. One. It's a good time to drop Yeah. It. I have it. I have it, and it was good. I re I re listened to it a while back because I was clearing out all of my uh, all my my data because I save shit way longer than I should, and it lags my computer. But you know, I'm a pack rat on the computer. In my house, I'm not on the computer. I save shit forever. But anyways, I was re listening to it. It starts a little slow, but man, once I get going, it's fucking. It's a blast. It's wild. It's fun. You you, you wouldn't even believe it's just me by myself talking to some Hindi dude on the computer. I just, I question how much of this you made up and, and didn't actually happen. I hope, I hope folks realize that um, the, the, the actual transcript 
Like what I say between him and I, 100% legit. I read everything he said and I read everything I wrote to them other than leaving out like, you know, my phone number and shit like that and certain things, you know, that I don't want out there. But, um, I, I mean, I put a, you know, I, I fucking, there's a lot of time where there's nobody typing because that's how they are. So I have fun throughout the whole thing, man. So I, I, I'm having fun throughout the whole thing, but when I'm actually reading the transcript, I hope everybody understands it's all legit. And I liked the dude. The guy I talked to was the best one I've talked to yet. The show might have been better if I got one of those dumb assholes. But my experience, because I wanted this shit done, went better because I had a competent dude to talk to. Um, but his name was Renz. So this whole time I'm picturing, I don't know how many folks remember the Super Mario Brother or the Super Mario World uh, from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. But I keep picturing the Reznors because the guy's name is Renz. So I feel like I'm talking to this dinosaur triceratops that spits fire at me. <laughs> well, on a character. And then, and then I got to apologize because then I was like, oh, it also makes me think of Trent Reznor. And I couldn't right. think of what group Trent Reznor was the lead singer of. And I stupidly, I think, I stupidly said Metallica, which I know it's not Metallica. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's actually, um, isn't it Nine Inch Nails? That sounds more right. Trent Reznor? I, I think, I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yep. But you're gonna you're gonna look yes, it up sir. for me. Yes, sir. I just had yeah. to make sure. I thought that sounds that sounded exactly right. I always feel bad when I like have to double check myself on music facts. I'm like the music guy. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> I just I gotta make sure. Yeah. I'm right. I wanna I wanna bring people the most accurate content possible. I mean, sometimes we dive into speculations, and sometimes we put our feet in our mouths, and sometimes there's other things in our mouths. But that's our business, well, yeah. not yours. It's- Oftentimes, there's other stuff in our mouths, but, you know. Craft beer, uh, you fucking perverts. Of course. What, what else would it have been? Evan Williams. I felt bad, though, because Not the I, I don't really know. I don't know Nine Inch Nails that great, but I do know that James Hatfield is the lead singer of Metallica, but it kind of, I, you know, I was drinking. I had been drinking for a while. I had talked to you for like an hour before I even started recording. So I'd been talking to this dude for an hour. So I just, you know what? I, I feel bad because my niece is going to be disappointed in me because she knows I should have known both Hatfield and Nine Inch Nails. So She hasn't got sick of our banter by now? 14 episodes no, she in, looks- man. We're over a third of the way through our year. That's nuts. I can't believe that shit. Dude, we started in February. February. Can you believe that? Cloud style. Didn't even exist in February, and look at where we're at now. <laughs> Beef Sticks Podcast has, ex- has existed about twice as long as Cloud Style Broadcasting. Longer than that. Yeah, longer than twice Cloud as long. Cloud Style Broadcasting literally came into fruition the day we're like, yeah, we're starting the podcast. Shit, <laughs> we, we, need, we need a cover name for the entire operation. <laughs> uh, right. Shout out to Strategy, because Strategy had... Uh, at one point a few months prior brought a song title to me by the name of Cloud Style and so we decided on Cloud Style Broadcasting and the rest is history I never knew that but did you know that strategy is the missing link between 
the Bible's book of Genesis and modern day geography. It makes so so much sense. I mean, look at the man. He's built like a caveman. Looks like Jack Black. Long ass hair, big beard, giant hairy feet the size of fucking boat oars. Right? Man, and he's he got such a missing s- link. Hey, he's got such a spiritual connection to the earth. So you have the geography and religion right there in one aspect. Yeah. And the man's deep. Yes, indeed. He's just, he's figured out how to transcend time. And it involves smoking copious amounts of marijuana. Well, fuck, people could have told you that years ago, but nobody listened. (laughs) Man, I I I remember the days when weed used to slow time down. Time don't slow down anymore. It makes me sad. Time doesn't exist. That very well may be my next episode. I, I haven't figured out what I'm doing for Fantastic Fables, but time not existing or, or the theory of time existing or not existing is one I want to do really soon. And for a long time now, we've been talking about getting this like over-encompassing just show about whatever together with everybody on it. I still think we should do it like, like for at least four times a year, if not, or at least twice a year, if not four times a year. Yeah. Once a at month. At least, you even. know. We could do once a month. Bi-annually. I don't know about once a month, man. It's difficult to get everybody in one fucking place at one fucking time in one fucking dimension. Once a month seems like a lot. But I, I'd say I'd say four times a year to, to two times a year would be nice to start out with. And go to the three-hour cap it, on the show. Man, once we make it fucking big and we're getting paid to do this shit, we can do it all we fucking want because we'll make our own hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 14 weeks in, I'm already starting to think about who I want to sponsor the show. Right. <laughs> like, what stuff do I want, and whose money do I want? And I want anybody's money. I don't give a fuck. That's why we got the Patreon. But Patreon.com backslash CloudStyle. In case you maced it at the top. Maced it. Check us up. Don't mace it. Drop a dollar. that shit. If you drop a dollar, I will fucking holla. So we got a pay-per-view coming up, and it's like, holy shit, we just had another pay-per-view, and before that we had another pay-per-view, and there's like a lot of fucking right. pay-per-views. Talk faster, we got eight minutes. So, I know. Uh, <laughs> you're going to hit the rundown, buddy? Run right through it. You, you name it, I'll call it, you call it, we move on. All right, we got the kickoff show, the Hype Bros versus the Colons. The Colons. No. Yes, the Colons. You got the Colons. Yes. All right. Uh, I got the Colons also, but because I'm going to make the show go over because that's what I fucking do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, still... The hype bros aren't going to be together by the end of the match. <laughs> I beat you to it. That isn't what I was going to say, actually. It is what's going to happen. Uh, what, I, what I was going to say is that WWE actually had a chance to do something with Mojo Rawley while fucking Ryder was out, especially since they gave him the win at WrestleMania for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But they let it slip through their fingers. Ryder's back. And at best, we get a Ryder versus Mojo feud. And at worst, they just continue as a tag team. Which I think they're going to continue as a tag team. I don't agree with you that they're going to split up. I think they're going to split by the end of the match. The way that that he came back and talked to Mojo on SmackDown. 
It just, to me, it doesn't sound right. And right now, WWE is going into all these angles about people stabbing people in the backs and things going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of. That's exactly what's happening. I will say that Mojo Rowley's interview, his backstage interview on SmackDown, was my the best interview I've heard of him so far, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but that's that. All right, SmackDown Women's Championship, Naomi versus the Dancing Lana. I hate myself, but Lana's going to win. I'm going Naomi. I don't think they give it to Lana. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a reason, and I don't know that she really needs it either. And I think they're making such a big deal about her not deserving this that if she wins, they're really going to look bad. No, I honestly feel like Lana inherited the Emmalina angle after Emma couldn't pull it off, and and I think I think they're gonna try to they're gonna try to Alexa Bliss this situation, and it's gonna fall hard. Mm. Okay, you got Lana, I got Naomi. We disagree. I will say this is Lana's proving ground. Yeah, so go out there, make us believe. That you're legit and that you deserve this. She's not going to win legitly, though. It's going to be like some small package roll-up or something I don't, stupid. I don't, she, I don't care how she wins in the match, during the match. Let us let us watch the match and be entertained by you. Don't go out there and look like Lana. Because then we're all going to know you don't deserve it. Also, Three I want to get down in the here. road. We're going to see Lana with James Ellsworth. <laughs> I want to get in here. <laughs> could, it could it, it could, could happen. happen. It could be good too. Um, you watch you watch SmackDown? Um, yes and no. I watched it, well, but it, I wasn't it, all there. So Lana, I, I I didn't watch last week, so I don't know if she debuted her finisher this week or if she just performed no, yeah, her yeah. finisher. Yeah, no, her finisher was really it was impressive. No, it wasn't. It's a fucking glorified Fez press. But it she looked- literally it's what it is is it's a fisherman. It's a yeah. it's a fisherman Thez press. So you you stand in face to face for the people at home. I'm standing, you're standing, we're looking at each other. I pick up your one leg, and then I pick you up and I drop you down. That's all she did. It's yeah, a Thez press. It's power bomb esque, and the thing is, is you wouldn't expect Lana to pull something out like that. What I didn't bomb. like was the dress, and I hope that when she actually you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hope that when she actually has the match. She comes out in actual ring attire and not that blue sequin dress because after yes, she hit it and agreed. couldn't get her leg out from underneath Naomi, that really ruined the segment for me. But I did like the move. I didn't like okay, anything else about it at all, but I did like the move. I really want to see Lana come down to the ring with the dancer gimmick that they gave her. I want to see which, her try that on the actual I think an actual Fez press, which Mickey James performs very well. Is even to me even better than this fisherman standing. You just sparked that to me and, and and remind me when you were talking about Maria. Everybody thought Mickey James coming back was going to be a huge thing too, and it was for like a week and a half. Isn't that now, sad? Now nobody cares anymore. She deserves so much better. She's I become think the same thing's going to happen with Maria. We don't want to see old faces. And the thing is, is why is the WWE bringing in more people? There's too many already. When they're not doing anything with the ones they have. I agree. You need to make a third mainstay show. (laughs) Please don't do that, WWE. Don't do that to us. Don't do it to us. 
But the way they're going, they're going to need to do it. Well, you know, they usually have... After WrestleMania, they have a bunch of cuts, and after SummerSlam, they have a bunch of cuts. So I think they're bringing a lot of people in so that after SummerSlam, they can ask the people that aren't performing well and yeah, get rid of them. how many people you got to cut? Really? A fucking lot, I hope. There's not that many people <laughs> left to cut. They because cut all of that last year and the year before. There's so many people. Fucking, hey, right off the bat, Dolph Ziggler. Get rid of Dolph no. Ziggler. Let him go. Yes, let him go to the indies and actually have a real career that people give a shit about. Get rid of Dolph Ziggler. You get rid of Eric Rowan. You can get rid of fucking Luke Harper. Even though I love him, again, he'll do better. I'd see Dolph Ziggler go through the rest of his life making the money he makes to lose. Then go make less money to win elsewhere. Cody Rhodes is making double or triple what he fucking made in WWE right now. And he's main eventing. And he's winning championships. People in the mid-card WWE don't make any more money than people working at fucking Pizza Hut. That's what a lot of folks don't understand. They don't make the money. But these well, indies think, will I pay think, top I think superstars, I think, I think these independent contractors really need to get on their legal shit and dispute merchandising rights with the WWE. No shit, yeah. We've talked about this before, and it's very necessary to, especially people coming into WWE now with how fat the roster is, how overweight and bulging at the seams it is, you need to have more control over the money you're bringing in from your merchandise. And they're letting people keep their names now. So you well, should have, and a lot of them. as an independent contractor, you should have all the rights to all that. I mean, yes, you should probably have to pay WWE 10, 10%, maybe. Right, they're your pimp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Union fees, you know what I mean? WWE just runs the union, yeah. Well, no, you don't want WWE running the union because that's what they're doing now. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this needs good. to happen, and this needs to happen in the future. I would love for Beef Sticks to be at the forefront of this movement, though. Like we get some what, wrestlers on the show. See our banner fucking flying high. <laughs> we could be for independent contractors' rights. What fucking George Takai was for, for LGB gay fucking T rights. Was, is, George Takai. Man, I follow that guy on Facebook. He's got some good stuff. Oh, my. Oh, my. That's a large penis. Uh, oh, shit. Let me put it away. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't know you could see that. Sorry. <clears throat> the camera fell for away. a second. Smackdown Tag Team Championship. The ooh. So, so, there you go. Versus the new day. All right. Um, all I Fashion know, police win it. All I know is day one is H. No, day one is G. Cause it's gross. <laughs> uh, what do you think happens, man? Um, I don't want new day to win it. Do the fashion police get involved? They're not on this paper. I think think the fashion police get involved and cause New Day to lose, and that leads into the the perfect... We need the fashion police versus the New Day. I want it so bad. That's going to be so... I want this... It's going to be the broken universe in the WWE. That's what it's going to (laughs) be. I want New Day and... and, and I want New Day and fashion police more than I want to eat strawberry jelly out of JoJo's ass. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. 
if I could get them all, I, if I could get all of it, I'd take all of it. But I, I, I'll take New Day and Fashion Police. So you got Usos? Yeah. I got Usos. I, I, I don't see them losing it right now, and I don't see the New Day winning it right away. Plus, the New Day just got done holding it for fucking over a year. I don't, or the other title, but whatever, you know what I mean? They, they don't need it. By no right. means. We don't Plus, need another They completely destroyed and buried the Usos when they took the championships the last time. They need to let the Usos have it for a while yet. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm okay with the Usos having it right now. Let their heel run go for a while. Heels are better champions. Faces are better chasers. I say that. There's exceptions to the rules, but, but nine times out of ten, that's the way it goes. Um, first ever women's money in the bank ladder match. Pasty Charlotte White, Flair. we have Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Carmella. Actually, um, actually, Tamina has a, a dope new Tamina theme song that I saw on SmackDown. So Tamina could be making some moves here, and I could see her to have the money in the bank. Um, I do think that this is their one move to push um, Charlotte as a legitimate female wrestler on SmackDown because she's been kind of, you know, pushed aside by the welcoming committee, and that's sad. Um, she's really fallen from grace since leaving Raw is basically what I'm trying to say. And and so, God, I'm going with Tamina. She's got a dope new song where the, they chant, Tamina, Tamina. I like it. <laughs> All right, I can dig that. Um, Charlotte, I don't see winning. You say, you say she she's fallen from grace. I say she's stepped back and let other people shine till she can make her move. I just I don't I, see I guess, it being I, any I'm less sour of a and now. salty to the fact that she was heel on Raw and came to SmackDown and you're a face now with no real reason. I guess I, I kind of think bullied it was, it was, by Natalia. <laughs> It was time for her to change up, and 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 switching brands is as good a time as any to do that. Yeah, but you gotta make it feel natural. I agree. It was very. It was a very awkward way to do it. I do agree with that, a hundred percent. Um, but I yeah, I don't think I don't think the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase does anything for Charlotte. She's always going to be in the title picture, with or without it. Um, I don't know. I, I, they I, keep pinning her with I, Becky Lynch. Maybe not. Nah, she always, dude. She's she's Rick's daughter. She's always going to be, no matter what. She's she's the new Cena. She's the new Nikki Bella. She doesn't have the talent, but they're gonna always fucking give it to her. And no, folks, she doesn't have the fucking talent. Sorry. She's um, <laughs> good, and I can see why she's at she's the top good. or was at the yes. top of the women's she's division. Good. But yeah, no, I agree too. She's not. She's not my favorite. She's not I can the see best. Why she's of a all strong the- competitor. Um, but I will say two people stand out to me. Neither one is Charlotte or Tamina, surprisingly. Good. Uh, like Becky Lynch, Carmella. I think Carmella could use it more than anybody else, other than maybe Tamina. I'll give you that. I just think Car- Tamina's the, the the lowest on the totem pole, and I don't think they'd give it to the lowest on the totem pole. The only I don't way see I them can g- see Carmella to take it is if she goes to cash it in and Ellsworth somehow fucks it up for her. Well, And she wastes it. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to get into Ellsworth in just a moment. <laughs> um, I'm going with Carmella. I think she's the one that wins it. Um, I wouldn't mind Becky Lynch winning it if Becky Lynch were going to go heel while holding the briefcase and before she cashes in. Lot more with it. 
with Becky Lynch before she's ever going to make a bounce back in my eyes. I don't know. She she was one of the four horsewomen, and then she, she became the bottom. Yeah. She's not the bottom now, because obviously Bailey is at the bottom. Bailey, Carmella, Tamina, Natalia. Actually, Tamina, actually, all of them are lower than her, but she sure has lost a lot of status from before, hasn't she? Yes. She's fallen from grace, I'd say worse than, than, than Charlotte would have. Um, but now there's rumblings. And like, well, and like I said, we're missing a woman. It's a six person. Even WWE.com right. put out a thing saying six men fight for the title. Six women fight for the title. Who's going to get it? Didn't Shane even fuck five. it up and say that on the show? Uh, it could be. Uh, I'm almost positive Shane fucked show? up. And that, that, Shane has been that for point, a while. At that point, I was like, there's only five women. This exactly oh, you mean- proves my point that I brought up on the unaired episode of Beef Sticks. <laughs> that Shane is worse for SmackDown than Mick Foley was for Raw. <laughs> he's bad. He's bad. We give him a lot of fucking credit because he's Vinnie Mac's son. He's, he's he is bad. not organized. He's not collected. I think he's always got his mind on something else. Maybe there's trouble on the home front. I don't know. But SmackDown's been hurting since Daniel Bryan's been gone. And Daniel Bryan's not much better than Shane is. He's not. He's not. That's he's why, no Kurt Angle, that's that's why sure. the SmackDown Authority doesn't have a prominent role on SmackDown. Because they can't have a prominent role on SmackDown. Because they suck. At speed. But isn't that a good thing? It is good because they, yeah, no, because you, you see more action. You see more worthwhile matches. I get it. I just, I don't know. I hear you. Shane should be around so, less even, you know? So. Matches they're, they're, should just be without a reasoning. It, they don't have to be made by some figure. We could just be like, this week we have scheduled camera. these matches. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to be made on camera that night because I'm hoping a multi-billion dollar business has decided who's going to fucking fight who before the night fucking of. Right. How have they made it this many years? <laughs> That's like us. That's like us coming together on the night of being like, we're going to do this, 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 and this on the show. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I, never- I at least came to you this morning about the Cornette Russo shit. Um, so we, we know, well, we assume we there's going to be more next week. Let's not talk about wrestling at all this week. Next week we'll come on, we'll hit record on the podcast and then we'll discuss what we're going to talk about and make it happen. We'll play WWE. We'll, we'll play the ratings plummet. Right away. <laughs> right. We should try that. If we remember, we should try that. Just play the authority figures right away at the beginning. Um, so we, we are assuming that there's one more person going then, to be added. And then our to- last segment has to involve like 10 different topics and a 10 topic <laughs> tag match. Right. Yeah. Right. 10 topics that have very little to do with each other. Uh, again, I'm sorry. I'm assume- wasting time, but I love this podcast. Man, I love wasting time. That's where we get our best material from. Nobody gives a shit about the, the money. Patreons don't get it this week. You guys have right now had ten and a half minutes of Patreon classified content. Yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> You're um, getting it for free. Next time we want your dollar. So we assume there's probably going to be one more contestant in the Money in the Bank match. 
As I speculated earlier, it could be Maria. And and since that, since they've talked about her coming up Paige. recently, I think I that's what's going to happen. Paige. But I don't think that she's going to. Um, I don't think that she was going to win. Paige, I heard is Paige is cleared way more cleared. waves showing up than Maria. I think I wasn't really around paying attention for Maria's career in the WWE, and I definitely uh, didn't follow them in was... TNA. But uh, I think I think I think Paige. Maria was fairly big in WWE, but that was at a time when women's wrestling was was a butterfly belt and not much more. But I do think if Paige is the sixth um, entrant, I don't think she wins. She was huge in Ring of Honor, and she was actually the head of the women's division in TNA. And I don't mean like Charlotte or somebody else. I mean like she was legitimately like the match make shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, so... We are assuming, <laughs> as I've said, that there's going to be one other person. It could be Maria. Um, one thing that has been talked about, and I, uh, um, I wish she was here to bounce this off of. One thing that's been talked about is James Ellsworth maybe getting involved in the Money in the Bank match for the women's title. Now, myself, personally... I think that's a stupid idea. I go on record now saying I still, at this date, this time, right now, think it's a stupid fucking idea. I don't care for Ellsworth. He needs to fucking go. Um, and I wouldn't want to see the very first yeah, women. wins the Universal Championship, fucking, motherfucker. I don't want to see the very first women's Money in the Bank ladder match. James fucking Ellsworth so- needs to take the Universal Championship off of Brock Lesnar so- at WrestleMania. Have- Main James event Ellsworth- at WrestleMania win the title. I don't want to see it fucking... It, it, it just... It'll put a big black eye on the women's division. But I will say that a few weeks ago when, when the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match was first announced, I was listening to Sam Roberts' show and he actually came up with a good storyline for James Ellsworth winning it. Still at this point, I don't want him to do it. I don't agree with it. I think it's bad. I think any of the women would be better than James Ellsworth. But I'm going to kind of sum up what uh, what Sam Roberts came up with here. And what it is, is Sam Roberts said, James Ellsworth wins the title. He has the briefcase, or not the title. He wins the match. He has the briefcase. Now, James Ellsworth does not go on to get a women's title match. He's not a woman. WWE doesn't let that happen. What happens, though, is James Ellsworth has turned from the lovable loser that Carmella plays with, but but won't even fucking hug or kiss, like she always keeps him in the friend zone, and now he has the power, but not only just over Carmella, but over all the women. He is the sex status symbol. They're all clamoring to be with him. They're all flirting with him. They're trying to steal him from Carmella because they want him to give them the title, or the, the briefcase to, to go for the title. I kind of like that idea. I think that could work, and it would give James something to do. I still don't want to see it happen, but I did kind of like turning it around where James actually has the power over the women. Forgive me if I'm not being PC, but in today's society, as long as Ellsworth dressed up as a woman, WWE would almost have to let it slide. Well, you could... There, Yes, there has been talk about him being gender-fluid, Dude, that would be awesome. But, what if James Ellsworth goes through a sex change storyline? 
The only thing is, is, is WWE has actually has gone out of their way to be very positive to the LBGT community that I feel making a joke storyline over a gender fluid individual would probably hurt them PC wise way more than it would help ratings. Um, the nineties. Yes. Today, probably not. You could do it. it. And it's poignant. I mean, that's a very big topic right now. That's a yeah. big thing. You don't know. Pride, you don't even just, have Pride is just recently, or it's, it is now. It is the yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't. He doesn't even have to have a sex change. You can be just gender fluid. One day you can feel like you're a man. One day you can feel like you're a woman. That's okay. I don't mind it. I don't care. I don't care. Hey, you know what? Um, um, Jim Norton. You know, Jim Norton has said, "Hey, there's nothing wrong with blowing a tranny. It's just the first time you do it. Don't fucking look at the feet. Look at the tits. If you look at the tits." You're okay. When you look at the feet, you're going to freak the fuck out. But you're not gay for blowing a tranny. Everybody's a little pansexual. It all depends on the circumstance. You know, you're locked up in prison. It all all depends on the circumcision. Yeah. (laughs) You are right. It all depends on the circumcision. Is that what it takes for you, a perfect circumcision? I like a nice, big, throbbing head sticking out of that sleeve. I don't like a windsock flapping in the wind. I like I like to see a mushroom coming out, and I hear the fucking Mario doodle doodle doodle. You know that's God, what I want. That that's been a debate. I, I don't know about our age group, but my friend group at least like the debate on whether or not circumcise your children. Yeah, just do it. Fucking do it. But then they come back just, with the thing like, you only say that because you're circumcised, and you didn't have any say in your no, circumcision. I only say it. I only I'm, say I'm it because my penis. My penis. My fucking small penis looks better than the largest uncircumcised penis in the world. That's why I'm saying it, you fucker. That's why I'm saying it. Because my small penis looks better than a huge uncircumcised penis. (laughs) That's why I'm saying it. I'm also saying it because a bitch can fuck me and not get a fucking yeast infection. You can't say that about the uncircumcised guy. I do have to say, though, as a as a <laughs> circumcised man myself, I find myself limited to getting the groin Pinocchio tattoo rather than the groin elephant tattoo. Because an uncircumcised <laughs> penis definitely fits the elephant trunk perspective a little bit better. <laughs> you know, it looks like something that could suck up a peanut at the end. But no, that's that's one debate I've had with myself since high school too. Like, Ooh. if I was to get a tattoo, I think I'd go for something like that, like Pinocchio, because then you're lying, but you're not lying, or you are lying, but it gets bigger. <laughs> hey, let's be honest. If you're fucking a bride, you probably just <laughs> lied to her. All right, let's just be honest. You probably just lied to her. We rarely fuck women that we're being honest to, because if we were honest, they wouldn't be fucking us. All right. <laughs> You know, you can't sit there and bang abroad and just be like, you know, I really wish I was banging your sister instead. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're lying. You're lying. <sighs> yeah, Men's okay. Money in the Bank Ladder match. Folks, we got Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles versus Garen Corbin versus Sami Zayn versus Dolph Ziggler versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I got it in before you could say the answer, pasty. Uh, Corbin. Corbin! We both have Corbin. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of surprised we both He's have Corbin. He's the only one who can actually hold the money in the bank the way it needs to be held. Uh, he's the only one that I think will benefit from it. 
Ziggler is we don't give a shit about, Nakamura and I hope he gets it. fired. Nakamura, it would hurt him, I think. Yeah, honestly. Yep. Sami Zayn, we don't care about. Because we'd have to see him more without him actually fighting, just him walking around the briefcase. Um, Kevin Owens would be interesting, actually. I don't it think he be with needs him being it. The face of the United States. Like, yeah. And gunning it would be really. I like that because I like Kevin Owens is like one of the few people I can legitimately see as a two title guy. Yeah, 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 definitely. Both. He won't be happy about it, but he'll do it. But he'll do it. Yeah, he'll be made to do it, but he'll do it. He'll defend Besides, the U.S. title. Earlier in the day, if and then you, they'll make a match for for the main event for him to defend the world title, and he'll be trying to get out of it. But he'll do it, and he'll put on the match of the night. Mm-hmm. And then, and then once he has both titles, then you can have Sami Zayn take the United States title off of him. God, not Sami Zayn. Let's just wait. Let's push that off. Man. I want to wait. Let but they're Corbin, not going to. Let Baron Corbin take it off of him. There you go. Yeah, Corbin needs Corbin. a title. I, I don't see Corbin as a Dean Ambrose, whereas he should always he be chasing. Stop. He's, he's the kind of heel that, that should have the title. Well, he's a heel. Heels shouldn't chase. Heels should have. I That's see kind of the more thing about... of an IC guy than a United States guy, but WWE is different than my thought process. Yeah, it's pretty interchangeable at this point. And, like, and, and you know, I feel like Money in the Bank briefcases are better held by heels because it's just made for heels. You know what I mean? You kind of sneak in and steal oh, the yeah. victory. And you can't swing you don't your hips the and laps shot. the way you can in heels. It makes, yeah, the, it makes so... the fucking title sparkle more. <laughs> but I do. I feel I feel it's better for heels. Um, both my picks for the women and the male are, are heels. They're not faces. Um, I do want to say, though, WWE already told us who's not winning it. WWE literally told us on this last SmackDown who's not winning it. You remember that, Pasty? No, I don't think that was a part. The, I was... the very end of SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura climbed a ladder and grabbed oh, the briefcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, either he's already won it, because maybe he already won it. Maybe nobody fucking knew. Nobody the was like, holy shit. The, start, the match goes to the start, and the ref climbs a ladder and takes down the briefcase right? and gives it to Nakamura. They're like, shit, we didn't expect anybody to actually grab it. We were just advertising the pay-per-view. The cocksucker already won it. So either he already won it, or it's just too obvious, so we know he's not going to win it. You know, they're not going to let the guy standing high holding the briefcase be the guy standing high holding the briefcase the next show. Right, yeah. No, that would be stupid. So Shinsuke's not doing it. Um, Hey, speaking of Shinsuke, so they had this clusterfuck multi-man tag match, right? We just talked about they always do that. Always. It was AJ, AJ, Shinsuke, and Zayn versus Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and Owens. Okay, number one. I do gotta say, I love this this Nakamura AJ like working together kind of thing because you know they hate each other from other things that they can't really talk about much. <laughs> when did fucking AJ become face? How did that happen? Did they AJ's just been like face, AJ's been face since he lost the championship? When? Like, what happened? Like, I, I've never noticed him being a face. Oh, yeah. Since, well, he's on the, since, face since the shakeup, when he told Shane McMahon that he wasn't going to leave SmackDown. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was the yeah. face turn. Because he was Which the is fine. Guy. He's a better face than a heel. So, yeah. I mean, that's fine. I just found it weird. I must have just blacked that shit out because I thought it was weird. Okay, so anyways. I do like so the way AJ totes it, though. I do like the way he totes the line where, like, he's the face, but he's also kind of, he's he's... 
annoyed and jerk. irritated by Nakamura. And he's like rolling right. his eyes and stuff. It's good because AJ needs to tote so, that line so he can bounce back it, and forth. And then, it, Shut up. You're not going to talk over me. I am drinking Evan Williams. You are drinking what? One Broken Skull IPA? You drink one beer out of a six pack and you think you can talk over me? I am God. I'm in the middle of my thing when you started. <laughs> no, go so ahead. There, I love you. Backstage segment for the fifth time. There might be more heat here tonight than there was last week. <laughs> I know, right? It's going to be good. AJ's talking to Nakamura, and he says, Hey, Naka, this guy we're teaming with, Sammy, he can be pretty annoying. He talks a lot. Just gonna have to fucking put up with it. Okay, whatever. That's cool. I kind of, like you said, I like the banter between the two. I actually liked the banter between all three of them. Yes. It seemed really cool. I, I like where they could go with the three of them. Oh, yeah. But what fucks with me, Nakamura and Sami Zayn had a fucking match of the year runner up fucking match in NXT. They know each other. They've known each other longer than AJ's fucking dealt with them. Why is Nakamura he just doesn't know Nakamura enough English to tell AJ that. <laughs> he like, hasn't learned those words no. yet. Wait, they know each other better than you know either of them, do you fucker? Does WWE honestly think that nobody who watches the main show watches NXT? That's kind of the way like, it feels. How? It's kind of the way it feels. Like yeah, like when they tried to change Nakamura me. to the artist. Like, no. No. <laughs> I think we'll all militantly fight for him to continue being the king of strong style. Even though that title is not necessary either. He can just be Nakamura. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, that, that that bothered me. I'm sorry. But that did bother me. Um, Yeah, I'm going Barry Corbin. But if Sami Zayn wins it and turns heel, I'll be happy. If Kevin Owens wins it, I'll be happy. Hell, if AJ Styles wins it, I'll be happy, but he definitely does not no. need it. But you know, honestly, I won't be I won't be sad at any outcome of the entire match. Uh Ziggler, I don't I do not want to see Ziggler. He's I want not him to going get... to. He's not I going want them to. to. He's the one he's the one going into this with the most experience, which means he's gonna get ganged up on early in the match. Well, okay, the most experience in WWE. Yeah. Not the most experienced, because you could well, argue WWE doesn't care all of them except for Corbin. Yeah, that's they'll, true. They'll talk no. about that. They'll talk about the NJPW title, but that's about it. Not its lineage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they won't say. Uh, I don't think they've ever said New Japan either. They just say the initials. Actually, I think they. Yeah, I think they say IWGP. They don't. They there don't even go. say yeah. NJPW. They say. Which, which, folks, at home stands for International Wrestling Grand Prix, if you didn't know. Thank you. I didn't want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the few titles. Yeah, one of the few world titles that isn't named 30, for the... We got 34 minutes left. I, I say we just run this out to the three hours like old times. We, we can do we're it. We're almost there. We can and... do it. We can do it. I got to work. At fucking four in the morning, but we can do it. Fuck them. You don't got to work at four in the morning, you lying ass bitch. No, I, but I do have to work in the morning, but not four in the morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, that brings us. <laughs> I got to work at I'm four in the afternoon. Rumor. Who the fuck, who the fuck brings their dog Evans kicking it over here. <laughs> Who brings their dog over at four in the morning to get fucking groomed? That'd be some posh motherfuckers. I'm a dog groomer. I'm not fucking going to work at four in the goddamn morning. So, 
Sunrise Walk. You got to take them out for a You get to charge extra for that, don't you? Um, No, but I do charge extra for letting them lick peanut butter off my balls. Oh, you actually talk with the owners about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because because if they want me to provide the fucking peanut I butter. you're training it. You're, you're taking all the teeth marks so that they can have a yeah, smoother. Yeah, for them in the long run. Yeah, so they can have a less crunchy peanut butter experience. If you will, which is why, which is why I can't do it for fucking uncircumcised folks because the dog don't know how to fucking react. And he starts chewing on the little flapple there. He starts sucking on the hose. He starts putting peanuts, the peanuts from the peanut butter up the damn elephant's trunk. As you said, don't use chunky. The shit gets up in the hood. Now you're talking about putting things in the trunk. And it brings me to something I saw recently. And that's now you can buy a fidget spinner butt plug. I saw this thing. Have you seen this thing? It's on the book of faces. I, I'm no, I'm not even lying. I have. It looks like a, a fidget seen, spinner with a baby bottle pop. You know, a baby or not a, a, a ring pop thing yeah. hanging off the end. Now, maybe my ass crack is abnormally deep. I don't know. I'm not a butt plug guy. <laughs> But yeah, it's not going to spin. But this fidget is... spinner is not going to spin when it's inserted in your ass. I don't yeah, you care gotta how have a wide really you can spread them cheeks. Ass. Yeah. You got yeah. a really flat ass. <laughs> like, I, I saw the picture and I'm like, I need to to to, to come up with a budget, better butt plug fidget spinner than this. Because, <laughs> you know, fidget spinners are a million dollar market right now. There's a market for it. Hell yeah, there's a market for it. You know, I... Actually, fidget spinners was one of the top search terms on uh, Pornhub in the last recent what? weeks. There is no problem with fidget spinners yet, old? but this is where the fidget spinner butt plug came from. Now we got to perfect on it. What bothers me, though, is that, like, and hey, I know the fidget spinner market, all right? I do. The fidget, the fidget spinner market is kids between the ages of 8 and 14, so you're marketing butt plugs. Bear with me <laughs> to for a these second. These fucking little kids. I uh Are there adults looking for fidget spinners, let alone fidget spinner butt plugs? And if they are, are they just using them to interact with the children in their life? I don't know. Is it Nambla approved? It could be. It could be maybe Nambla came up with it. Can't find it right but we have a lime green fidget spinner floating around the house. It was the only one left at the unnamed gas station I work at when I started working there. And I knew I knew Panda Red really wanted... Oh, no, he's got three of them. Are they all plastic, though? Oh, uh, they're all... Well, they're all metal, at least partially metal. They're fun. Fidget spinners are fun to play with. But I don't think it helps you cope with your anxiety as much as it develops an obsessive compulsion. Uh, after I bought Panda Red her fidget spinner, she could not walk away from it without leaving it spinning, sitting somewhere. It became an obsession to keep things spinning. Okay, number one, they're not. <laughs> they don't help. They're they don't not. help with nothing. You lie. They're it's not the fun. It's the Omega. They are fun. They're not fun. I got Have you balanced one on the tip of your nose and spun that shit? They're not fun. How about the tip in of the your world, dick? 
My biggest argument was in the world where we have a computer in our fucking palms, why the fuck would you sit and spin a piece of fucking plastic and metal, you motherfucker? <laughs> it's because nobody roller me. skates anymore, so they need something to do with all those bearings. You can literally play fucking Yahtzee, you could watch porn, or you could write a fucking novel. Any of those three things you can do at the palm of your hand, don't fucking spin a fidget. That's number one. Number two, yeah, they don't do a fucking thing. They're not medical. Oh, they're for ADHD kids. Really? Where the fuck did you buy yours? Right. That's, the that's an unmedicated ADHD kid right. who grew up to adulthood who's like, <laughs> I can get this into schools everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it next to the Snicker bar. You motherfucker. You know where they keep the medical shit? In the pharmacy. <laughs> not next to the Snicker bars. It's a toy, you dumb cunt. Go spin that fidget in your ass. Oh, wait, they got a device for that. I'm sorry, though. When I was young, like, gyroscope tops were the shit. And so now that fidget spinners are out, I can see why they're the shit. What I don't get is these fidget sticks. Have you seen these things? They're like weeble wobbles. It's a stick, and you stand it up, and you push it down, and it flips over itself because it's weighted at the ends, and it's retarded as hell. But there's a well, huge market I, I, for these things. And then you get into all this other that. fidget shit. There's so much fidget. But the original fidget cube is what I think, if you're going to spend money That's on anything, the get the fidget have. cube. Yeah. Because it has six different fucking things that you can do with it. Not just spin. Fidget spinners Each are side fun, though. Is a different thing. I'm telling you, you spin a fidget on your on the tip of your nose, and you've you're, you're going to make yourself happy. Or I could go and listen to fucking Jim Cornette spout off about killing Vince Russo's wife. Which well, one sounds more entertaining? Well, nobody's actually heard Jim Cornette say that. But I, I could said- look for it, and it would be a better use of my time. <laughs> I don't like fidget spinners. I Hey, like you said, I have three of Dude, them in my no, house right now. I don't my like son fidget spinners either, spinners but yeah. props to the guy who came up with the idea who's a billion oh, dollars. God bless him. Yeah, no, nothing against that. Commerce at its best. I it, wish I came up with it. Yeah, no, back in our days, it was fucking uh, uh, Tamagotchis. And God damn it, Tamagotchis uh, have far more technology involved than these fidget dude, spinners. Like, remember Pogs? Yes, cardboard dude, circles. I, had, I books and books and books of Pogs. That was stupider than this. So I'm, I'm not knocking the kids. It's not the kids' fault. It's marketing. It's all marketing. It's just, it makes me happy to know that people are still willing to invest money into bullshit. And now Minnesota's pushing for, uh, what, by the end of 2020 to have $15 an hour minimum wage? It's because everybody needs a fidget spinner. And not these cheap ones you get for six bucks either. We're all looking at the $100 ones, the $600 ones on fucking eBay and Amazon. And to be fair, I had a Tamagotchi too. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> Actually, uh, Digimon was my favorite. The two, the, the cubes you could connect with somebody, you could battle your Digimon out. It was before the cartoon even came out. Digimon, digital monster. Digimons have more power. I actually uh, uh, wanted a Digimon so bad when I was younger. I dug through my my family's cabinet and I found a whole bunch of um. Grand Casino Hinkley collectible poker chips made out of precious metals. Oh, no. 
and I rode my bike oh. 15 miles into the nearest big town, went to the outlet mall, and tried to sell them to people so I could buy <laughs> a Digimon. This is, of course, far before I really knew money and how things worked. I thought these were <laughs> right. actually worth something. <laughs> it was bad. But I did. Me, I dragged my little brother with me, too, my brother Dan. He, he's going to love that fact that I'm telling this story. He, oh God, I was probably 12, and he's four years younger than me, so he was eight. Biking in the middle of July, 15 <laughs> miles from one town to a bigger town. Our mom was pissed, but I was smart and left a note taped to the front door of the house. Hey, Mom, we're biking to North Branch. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have told my parents. I just, I'd just go. <laughs> then again, my parents never missed me if I wasn't home. They were more than happy if I wasn't there. So, uh, we were we were children to get beatings, and that's children who get beatings are so much better behaved. Yeah, I was a child that got neglected, so I did anything I wanted to, and I got in a lot of trouble, and was arrested probably what six times before I was eighteen. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. Beatings probably better than neglected. Yeah, yeah. Too many people in our age group don't understand that. Which is funny, because I feel like we're the last generation to be beat. Probably. I'm a dick to my kid for just that reason. Because nobody was ever a dick to me, and I've fucking gotten all sorts of shit. I'm a dick to my son, and he's, he's a good motherfucker. I love him. Respectful, nice, caring. Yeah. You got to be a dick to your kids. Don't be nice to your kids. Yeah, you don't want to be your kid's best friend. Hey, a long time ago, I told my son, he'd, 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 and I've used this many times, actually, but I think the first time was years ago. He might have been three or four, where he said something about, like, uh, how I was making him sad or I was making him unhappy. And I looked right at him, and I said, motherfucker, I'm your dad. If you're happy, I'm not doing my job. Because when you're happy, you're doing bad things. My job is to make you miserable because that way you grow up into a good human being. You know, I remember a time at the beginning of my wild oats phase of my teenage life when my father lived in Wisconsin. Uh, My golden birthday was when I turned 15. And at the time in Wisconsin, you could drink with your parents in the bar when you were 15. Took me to the bar. I had my first alcoholic drink. Fuzzy navel. Followed by a shot of monkey cum. <laughs> Folks, he wasn't even drinking drinks. They took him into the back room with this old hairy guy. I had no had idea him lick this fuzzy I'd navel. I've never been in a bar before. And, and let him sip out this monkey cum from the straw, quote unquote. Much like Eric Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> right? Where'd you get the rest of the semen from? Yeah, this guy let me suck it out of a straw in the back of an alley. Suck it out of a straw, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We got to do a Fantastic Fables on South Park, too. That's, oh, I love that series so much. Yeah, I'm down with that, too. Randy Marsh. By the way, Randy Marsh is the greatest South Park character of all time. I would agree. So. Don't agree. We have to disagree to make the episode gold. Speaking of Randy Marsh, the WWE Championship is on the line against Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. (laughs) (laughs) 
Take it back. RKO out of nowhere, folks. <laughs> right here on Literally. Podcast. <laughs> Nobody cares about this match. Jinder Mahal obviously has to retain the championship to to remain relevant in the company. So uh, Correct. Yeah, and it doesn't do anything for Ginger to win it. Plus, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a championship match. They should just bill it as a remaining relevant match. It would be fire. Plus, and they you'd can't get do um, They can't do Ginger versus Cena with Cena winning the title at SummerSlam without Ginger having the title. Right. Uh, so Ginger has to has to keep it so that he can lose it to Cena. Except for Cena at can't SummerSlam. win the fucking title off of Ginger. It's not legit. He's going to. He's the he's the homegrown American, and Ginger is the evil foreign Canadian. Here's what's going to happen, okay? Triple H is going to get the WWE title. Somehow. Probably by just writing it on a piece of paper and saying it's true. And, uh... Fat Mac, I think I lost you. I think I lost him, folks. Two hours and 39 minutes, and we're having our first technical difficulty. Good old Pacey here with his buddy Evan Williams. We'll keep the show rolling. Of course, I always call attention to myself at these points by saying, why the fuck am I highlighting myself, highlighting the fact that there's technical difficulties? But to me, it's the easiest way to keep the banter rolling off the tongue without thinking too terribly much. It's fun. It's good. Um, my name is Pasty White. I've got a magnificent mustache, and I inspired the mustache of the Fat Mac. His connection is not coming back, and seeing as we are 40 minutes overdue to the end of the show, we've given you guys pretty much all the content we give our Patreons every single week for the low price of $1 a month. If you like this bullshit banter at the end of the show, if you like the quips, if you like, you know, the extra drunken humor, sign up for our Patreon. $1 a month. You can cancel any time you want. You go on, you listen to everything we have, you cancel, you just give us $1. Are you even going to notice that coming out of your pocket? I mean, really. How much you spend on Bic lighters in a month? Or... Lottery in a month. You can guarantee to be entertained beyond your means. If you check out our Patreon for the low price of $1, that's less than a Powerball ticket. And you're guaranteed to win. Please, feel free to hit, feel, feel free, feel free to hit us up on Patreon. Um, I'm going to try one more time to get a hold of the Fat Mac. And if I can't connect, we will be signing off for the evening. Fat Mac, on Facebook Messenger, where did you go? I'm calling, says Pasty White. And yet nothing goes through. Pasty White's connected to the internet and received the message from Fat Mac. Um, Pasty White knows not what to do. I'm going to continue to re-hit the call button. It's fun. We have a lot of fun here on the B6 Podcast. 
brought to you by uh, Craft Brew Beers and uh, Evan Williams Bourbon. Man, Evan Williams. It treats me well. Tastes so good as it dribbles down my face and onto my Prince t-shirt. Would I like to leave a video message for the Fat Mac? The answer is nine. I don't know what is going on. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you so much. My name is Pasty White. And for the Fat Mac, I bid you adieu until next week. We will be back live Thursday nights, probably at around 9 p.m. now. Uh, sun's staying up. Got to adjust our schedule just a little bit. But Thursdays will remain supreme for the Beef Sticks podcast. Thank you for joining me and my cohort as we delve deeper into the realms of professional wrestling and alcohol abuse. We will catch you next week. Same beef time, same beef channel. Actually not, because it won't be on Friday. It'll be on Thursday at about 9 p.m. Central Time. Until then, check in. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Podcast. Patreon.com backslash CloudStyle. Spreaker.com backslash CloudStyle. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spreaker. Anytime you want, on demand. We are here for you, regardless of what device and what platform you are using. Also, if you go to our Spreaker.com page, you can subscribe to our RSS feed and listen to us at your own will whenever you so choose on whatever platform you so choose with no limitations. For Cloud Style Broadcasting and Beef Sticks Podcast, I've been Pasty White, and thank you for tuning in.